Big ups to the SpongeBob production crew. <laughs> That's another euphemism for masturbation. <laughs> I was big upping this production. (laughs) (laughs) Broadcasting live from Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Hi, guys. I'm Andrew. I'm going to do the entire podcast like this. <laughs> How you doing? Um, I am optimistically looking forward to the day that you do a serious I, I'm, I'm feeling once. the same way as I do every other week, with no differences. <laughs> you've done a, a goofy-ass intro. <laughs> like three months now. I hope that this is entertaining for people, and... Uh, Oh, uh, fuck. I can't be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we won. Yeah. We did it. We beat him. But I will vow this. I will never <laughs> do a normal intro. Fuck. And that's Andrew. Yeah. If I do it, if I do it. Oh, yeah, I am Andrew. Sorry. Did I, did I say that? No, you said oh, it. Oh, okay, I said it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Got lost in the bit. I'm just giving myself an edit point. <laughs> <laughs> you do not remove that. <laughs> this week... It's spooky as fuck in here. Ooh. 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 It's our I third annual spooktacular. What? What? What would? What do you? Do you, how do you feel about the word goose pimples? Ooh. It's not good, is no it? Good. It's goose bumps. Yeah. Americans are wrong about that too. They say goose pimples. They say goose pimples. The word and goose English pimples. English people as well. It's, it's terrible. It's self scarier as a word. Yeah, it's awful, yeah. and it makes me think of black swan, which is silly because obviously swans famously not, not geese. <laughs> That should have been the name of our podcast. <laughs> Not geese. Not geese. Uh, yeah. So this week, Ooh. we're doing two uh, Australian nineteen eighties horror movies. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. But seriously, they're very good to talk about. <laughs> so the reason why we're doing these <laughs> because I feel like when we say we're doing, what are we doing? The Howling Three, the yes. Marsupials. No, it's just Howling. Sorry. Howling, howling Three, three. Colon, the Marsupials, and a movie about a killer pig the size of a hippopotamus called Razorback. Razorback, very the name good. of the pig thing, famously um, loved by uh, bogans and people who pig in real life, people who do pigging. <laughs> Yeah. Piggers. <laughs> cut, cut that out. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so these were both showing at the local National Film and Sound Archive. Just our local, just our our lo- local National yeah, Film and Sound Archive. You can see it at your local NAFSA, <laughs> which is also in Canberra, Australia. <laughs> so um, so you, get, you get worried every time we dox that we live in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, so they were showing at the yeah the film and sound archive. It was as a as a double bill, a late night horror movie double bill. Um, at the drive-in, <laughs> and so we just went to watch them because we thought it would sound it sounded like a wacky, silly, fun thing to do on Halloween. So like Razorback is like a cult classic. It stars actors that you might almost recognize. Some um, big Australian eighties names. Yeah. Set in the outback in Australia, it's got like a Mad Maxi, Crocodile Dundee, Jurassic Parky kind of vibe mm. all rolled into one. And I think like big time directors like Steven Spielberg and Quentin Tarantino have cited I, it I'm as like a George Miller. 
Yeah, or the, uh, big time directors. Those two specifically, I know, have cited it as like a ah oh, little lost gem of Australian oh, cinema. Right. Yeah, cool. Maybe like, but I feel like when I mention this, you know, this crazy pig movie to everyone over the age of like thirty five, yeah. they all go, "No, of course I know Razorback." So I think it's just right. a movie that was huge when it came out, and totally got lost, and totally got lost to people of our generation because like. I feel like me describing this crazy movie is like describing Terminator to anyone. They're like, yeah, why are you describing Razor? Right, I know. Right. Um, so I was surprised. Terminator to Boomer Australians. Yeah, right. I was surprised that anyone had ever heard of it. Uh, the other movie that we saw straight after, the, uh, Howling 3, The Marsupials, is like a so bad it's good, shitty ass horror movie that Werewolf looks like it was like movie. a straight to VHS yeah. straight to Betamax movie yeah. that was probably better lost to the sands of time like I'm surprised it exists on DVD yeah The Howling is a franchise and it uh, it, it's, it's, it comprises like seven films and a few books or eight films and a few books and um, this is the third entry in the series and I, I think was a bit of an about face because the first two were not nearly as like self-aware as this one was. Right. And I think this one took a bunch of shots at uh, another 80s horror film that came out around the same time, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's somewhat self-aware and satirical and ironic. But it also but seems like it's, it's that because they were incapable. We can get into it later, but like... yeah. Howling 3 was a silly ass movie. Oh god, it was. And I think Razorback might almost be might almost be off merit. <laughs> yes, yeah, Raz- um, yeah, yeah, we'll get into them later, but, but yeah. those are the two movies we're covering this week. In the meantime, kick off with a bit of news. Yeah, we got some news, baby. Beef bullet. All right. I got a big old backlog of <laughs> Dumb headlines. Big old booty. (laughs) And in that booty? Squanch my big old booty down on this comfy chair. Shelve some headlines. (laughs) All headlines must go. So I haven't read these articles. These are headlines that sounded dumb and funny to me at the time. I feel like a lot of the time I pick headlines based on the fact that they're going to make you mad. (laughs) Right. You specifically. Looking forward to this entire segment. This will get him. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are enough where it's like, that almost sounds interesting. I'm going to want back detail, and then I don't. I'm just going to read the headlines. Here we go. Yep. Bullet points. Streaming service Kibi picks up animated daily horoscope series from Will Arnett. That's it? I only know Will Arnett. The rest of that is... The founder of this new thing, Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, uh, some sort of daily horoscope animated series produced by Will Arnett. Produced by... Is it starring him? Uh, yeah, it's it's a daily adult animation horoscope show from Will Arnett. Daily. Yep. That's all we get. That's Fuck. all we get. That's crazy. Next. Anyway, okay. Cardi B has landed a role in Fast and the Furious 9. Okay. I like Cardi B. She's cool. I like her music. I like her as a person. Wow. Okay. She said some... Said some troubled stuff. Not as I was expecting, but that's right. No, I genuinely like Cardi B. Robert Pattinson. She's ex- also come out in favor of Bernie. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Had an interview with him. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Imagine ex- that. Bernie and literally Bernie and uh, Cardi B. That rocks. Yeah. So, Cardi, <laughs> how do you see Medicare for all <laughs> shaping up in this country? <laughs> this is going nowhere fast. That's nah, good shit. <laughs> Yeah, Robert Pattinson explains how a ferocious masturbation scene helped to prepare him for his role in a horror movie, The Lighthouse. Okay. 
Great. Cool. Next. Wait. Nope. Wait. This, that, everything must go. Okay. That's all you get. All right. Um, and this Wait, one, was it a scene that he acted or was, did he really have a furious oh. masturbation session? I see, I got, no, I closed the tab. Don't know. Don't know. Well, okay. Uh, I'm assuming he actually did it. And this one's one that I'm actually interested in. I'm surprised I didn't read it out beforehand. Paul Dano has been cast as the Riddler in the new Batman movie. I saw that. Good um, choice. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, Paul Dano's great in everything he's ever done. Yeah. He's just actually... He's just a quiet achiever. Well, like Paul if you Dano. think about how crazy and manic he is in uh, the oil movie... <laughs> there will be blood. Yeah. Um, that kind of <laughs> that kind of energy adapted to like yeah. the Riddler will be quite good, I think. Yeah. The kind of like guy who seems friendly and kind of pleasant, but then snaps and can be like crazy mad. Yeah, he's got real range. Yeah. It's like I remember him from Little Miss Sunshine and he was like a mute for half that film or he took a vow of silence for yeah. half the film. Um, and then afterwards he sort of explodes and so there's lots of range in that character. He was great in Swiss Army Man. Excellent. Like like him. Like him a lot. Cool. Here's another one. Chernobyl creator Craig Mazine to develop Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. Because we're already rebooting that. Disney had a previously hired the writing team behind Deadpool. They're no longer they're no longer on board with this reboot. Uh, were they ever on board with the reboot? So now, uh, now they're getting uh, someone who has already been involved in the series for quite a while, and the dude behind <laughs> Chernobyl to develop a story for their reboot. Well, apparently Chernobyl was great, so yeah. But we need we want we Sorry, want a silly ensemble. I'm exhaling and rolling my eyes. Now we all know by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Okay, now down to the big bucks. Now down to the big leagues, beef bulletin. Okay. Fully detailed and researched journalistic content. All right, so it's behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get we'll five just, free we'll news stories per beep. episode, and any any news stories after that, you got to pay for. <laughs> um, all right, ready? Terminator The Dark Fate yep. came out very recently as we're recording this. Terminator The Dark Fate is a box office Bomb. Yeah, it I mean, made, who could have seen that coming? It made uh, $29 million in its opening weekend, which is fucking God, nothing. God, that is no money in That's movie no That's no money. so, so little money. Domestic box office in the US. So that's an opening weekend in the US from 4,086 theatres of $29 million. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah, quickly, $29 million divided by 4,086, if you please... <laughs> That is only seven thousand one hundred dollars per cinema. Divide that by what? Fifteen dollars. Four hundred and seventy-three tickets per cinema that's on like, average. That's like four. <laughs> that's like four showings for oh. a box office weekend. And if <laughs> that's brutal. fucking hell, if if cinemas in the US or anything like cinemas here, big cinemas, they they probably had like. 12 sessions a day. Yeah. Or like maybe more. if you go more. and see The Joker, that's like sold out anytime you want to go and see yeah. it in its opening weekend. Fuck. To have like maybe four sessions that are kind of full. Oh. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is rocks. crippling. And that I'm rocks. here for it. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a, it faces losses, not just like, oh, it wasn't as profitable as we yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, Facing losses of $120 million yeah. plus. I'm so glad. <laughs> I, I just I, that we, yes as a, as audiences we need to start sending a fucking message about yeah. stop making these fucking movies. I'd be curious to see because I mean I haven't looked it up 
or really yes, read anything else other than, the fact that, <laughs> other than <laughs> the fact that people are saying it's the best since T2. Um, spoiler alert for next week's episode, I just watched T2 for the first time. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Yeah. And I'd be curious to see where the story goes on. And apparently this movie has like retconned all the shitty sequels. Said those don't exist anymore. This is the sequel to T2. Yeah. So like, I'd be curious to see what they actually do with the story if they don't fuck it up. So I'm hoping that it's bad and it bombed. Not that it they actually tried for once and then it bombed. Um, I think it's fine and it bombed. Yeah, okay. Like I think that's the... It wouldn't have deserved it if it wasn't for the fact that they have released yeah, three other it, fucked it, sequels. If it was this instead of Genesis or uh, Salvation, mm-hmm. then this would be undeserved. But I think the fact that those two movies also came out, it's like this is the sixth Terminator movie that's alleging itself to be the third Terminator movie, the second third <laughs> Terminator movie. You just don't get that many fucking chances. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. no, no, no. What if? And people are like... No. <laughs> I'm done with this fucking series. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see it on Friday. What? I'm going to see it. I'm, 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 I'm going to contribute a small percentage of this Were you listening movie. to you for the last two minutes? Yeah, I'm going to go see it on Friday. I want to see how much they fucked it. Fuck you. <laughs> I Okay, apparently, apparently it looks fantastic, and I do want to see it because of that. And yeah, I expect okay. to hate it. I expect to hate it. If anything, James Cameron puts on a good spectacle for every movie that he's done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, so the next movie here is an interesting story that I originally wasn't going to mention, but it's got a, ni- a bit of a happy ending now, so that's all right. Okay. Um, Caitlin uh, Diva is the actress from Booksmart. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The, um, the one that plays the lesbian. Yeah, right. And so it's, it's or, notable in that movie that she has lesbian scenes in the movie yeah. that were cut out of the in-flight versions that Delta Airlines was showing in the US. Fuck Delta Airlines were showing edited versions of the movie that edited out the same-sex scenes from Booksmart. Yep. Um, it says that oh, the, that was in the bathroom scene. It says... Growls the chicken. Yeah. Um, it says that uh, they didn't know they were provided with it. Whatever. They were showing edited yes, versions that edited the same-sex version scenes out of that, and they also edited them out of Rocket Man. And there are a fair yeah, few yeah. of those in this. We're just weird cuts. Can't let Elton know <laughs> that... Uh, I can't let anyone know that Elton John once had gay sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the new story here is that they're restoring those scenes. They're, they were playing it as like, oh, Folks, we didn't even... We're, we're putting the pussy back in Booksmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 we miss out all in-flight entertainment will be exclusively gay sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for one week to make up for it. We hope that this fixes our, our, our past mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to yeah, worry there's, about there's the two channels on the plane. Yeah, it's off or gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's always on. It's lesbian or gay sex. Those oh. are the two. Yeah. Oh, I, was, I was putting them in under, under one big Those blanket. are the two genders. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has a sequel announced. It's mm-hmm. going to be coming out in 2022. Yep. Which I suppose is surprisingly quick for an animated movie. Maybe they've been working on it for a little bit. Yeah, they've probably been working on it for four years already. <laughs> plus, like, I think anything can happen fast when you throw $400 million at it or whatever this budget is. Yeah. it's. Um, I'm unhappy that they're doing another sequel. But I liked that movie, 
So yeah, if it's the same team, it says the names of the people working on it here. But to be honest, I don't remember the yeah, names of the people know. originally on it. And I think there was a whole crew, if I remember correctly, it was a whole crew of randoms overseen by like the Lego Movie people that were doing right. it. So I don't know. But I'm less uh, hate-filled towards that than I am towards like another amazing Spider-Man sequel or whatever. So, yeah, I suppose so. Um, uh, it's um, continuing Miles Morales's story. Yeah, he's like the new one, isn't he? Yeah, he's the he's the kid in the, the main character yeah, yeah, in the movie. I think yeah, he, in the new in the, comics, in the yeah. comic books, he has replaced White yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, so it's, he's Peter a, Parker. I think there's been a whole bunch of um, new reboots of Spider-Man stuff. I think that, I swear there was a Hispanic one, mm. and there was a black one. I think Miles Morales is the one that's like a like a kid from the Bronx, like this black. Yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. I thought he became the new canon Spider-Man. I think he is. Yeah. Okay, right. So it would be interesting as if they do another live action one. <laughs> Cast another white guy. It's like, fucking come on. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man 3 begins filming in January 2021. Yeah, there says, it is. Says Michael Douglas. <laughs> like, what are they on? Michael Douglas announcing that. Okay. That, that sounds like a leak to me. Like, they're like, Michael, no! <laughs> He's like, yeah, we've already started filming on Air Man 3. And like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> now we have to start filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck. Now i got to find $400 billion. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. If I was like Chris Evans, I would constantly drop a string of fake new Marvel movies that are happening. <laughs> that would be excellent. There's a bit of obligatory Bond news that's not news uh, saying that... Remy Malik is the villain in the new movie, which we already knew, but it's marketing people saying, nah, he's a legit super villain, though. So, again, the the, the Bond 25 marketing machine rolls on. Walking they f- are doing themselves in, because by the time <laughs> the movie actually gets here, people are not going to give a fuck. Yeah. Okay, so here's a bit of news about the new Joker movie. There's a, uh, the bloke in it, Gary Goldman, nope. says that... It's very he, close. <laughs> says that he was in... There was an on-set incident where he thought there was this annoying extra that was just laughing too loud and being really irritating. <laughs> and it turns out it was Joaquin Phoenix. Is that in the comedy club scene? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's good shit. <laughs> He's like <laughs> sitting up the back it's and like, some idiot's dude, shut, like... Shut the fuck up. You're going to blow the Fuck. Yeah. That is very funny. Oh, shit. Um, Gary Goldman is the comedian that was on stage. Doing the stand-up oh, they routine. they didn't fucking tell him that <laughs> Phoenix is going to be laughing. He's going to be laughing. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, but like, fuck. D- no, he's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing. One thing I will say is it was a little bit irritating. Is that when I was running through my set, there were all these extras, and they'd clearly been told that I was doing well, so they were laughing and being really enthusiastic. Right. And there was one extra who was so enthusiastic <laughs> with his laughter that it was really throwing off my timing and he was he was just laughing too loud and right when I was about to say something to the to Todd the director about maybe getting the guy to not laugh so loud <laughs> I realised it was Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> I can't believe it took me six takes yeah. to figure out that the man with the really bizarre laugh was the that's, Joker that, yeah that's a lot fuck <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> he's like I thought I was the Joker here I am on stage doing the jokes <laughs> I just like the idea that he's like people are laughing too hard at my set. <laughs> at my set. <laughs> um, and uh, the last headline, comic. the last headline here is a, a great piece of. I think he actually, I think he actually was the right. guy doing the com- com- uh, comedy, the comedy. Um, 
Fucking hell. <laughs> Last bit of news here from what I think has been quite a successful news segment, if I don't say so myself. Right. Uh, a bit of contentious debate in film annals. Uh-oh. Marty's back Forever. on his bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no. The Nightmare Before Movies Christmas aren't is... aren't cinema. <laughs> Cinemas aren't cinema. <laughs> They're just rooms with movies in them. Like, Marty, we know. Uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas composer Danny Elfman declares whether Night Before Christmas is a Christmas movie or a Halloween okay, movie. sure. The news that no one needed. It's a Halloween movie. Yeah, it's a Halloween movie. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. interesting. Apparently we were all... I think it's a Christmas movie and a Halloween well, movie. October 31st is before December 25th, so... <laughs> yeah, well... No, I think I think it's a Christmas movie and again? it's a Halloween. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know... Da- I, I, trivia about Danny Elfman. I was listening to a brilliant podcast that... Which episode of ours were you listening to? (laughs) (laughs) And the name of the podcast... his name... That is brilliant. Is... Strong Songs. (laughs) The podcast called Strong Songs by Kirk Hamilton, who isn't famous. I think he's wrote for Vox and shit before. Whatever. Um, He's familiar enough with music, and I think he used to be a music teacher in high school. Um, He... Every episode... Half an hour long, and he'll focus on one song, and almost like a nerd writer video essay. Tell you why it's break, cool. Break down why it's cool. And the, the episode he did recently was all about one of the songs from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, which was, it was the main theme? Uh, Making Christmas. <laughs> it was Making Christmas. <laughs> Making Christmas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the way those fit together. Um, and he he was calling out, for example, how like all the different themes from all the different lines in the song reference other melodies from other songs elsewhere. And they pointed out um, okay. all sorts of shit that you would never realize. And he points it out and you're like, oh, of course. Like, Making Christmas... Um, like like how the, the the four lines in like making Christmas, making Christmas. He fucks with those rhythmically but keeps the same order and then it's Jack's theme. Or he ch- changes it again and it's... Um, I think some, I some other theme in the whole really interesting and the trivia that I was going to bring up is that it's Danny Elfman singing for Jack oh okay um, I didn't realise Danny Elfman was like the lead singer of talented some talented voice yeah he's the, he was the lead singer of some 80s new wave band that you can look <laughs> up that has a name that is just as shitty as like Um Shalalala Banana right it's something like that it's the most fucked name um, that's pretty 80s yeah so there you go. Hmm. There I indeed. go, indeed. And that is me with zero tabs. Excellent. I've had some of them tabs up for fucking ages. <laughs> Great. I'm spent. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, I just feel like a lie down and a nightcap. I yeah. don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about we take this little lull as an opportunity to head straight into the movies we're doing this week? Yeah, we, we just peed. <laughs> Uh, that's, short, that's short for peaked. <laughs> Pe- peaked. It's all downhill from here, baby. Peak behind the curtain. <laughs> Pee behind the curtain. <laughs> all right. So, do you want to start with Howling Three or start with Razorback? I think we should do them in the order that we watch them in. Okay. Sure. All right. So that involves starting with Razorback. It really is all downhill from here. Then. <laughs> now we're just going to go through these movies blow by blow, which means we're going to spoil them. Now, chances are. None of you listening to this actually care about having this <laughs> yeah. be spoiled. No. I think it is worth 
it is, it is not worth your time to go and watch Howling 3. No. We do that for you no. so you don't have to. I no. think it is worth your time to watch Razorback. But also there are no spoilers really in Razorback. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. It's like a wild boy is chasing people around for like 90% of the film. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very hard to spoil Razorback. You're quite correct. We'll probably still do it at the end maybe. Cause we'll I tie literally the can't think plot. of any spoiler type thing. Whatever. We'll just go through the whole thing. Yeah, but um, Here we go. I think watch Razorback. Don't watch Howling 3. Yeah. Cool. So okay. it's... So we'll kick off with Razorback. Yeah. So it came out in 1984. It's directed by Big Russell. Big year for George Orwell. Yeah, and it's directed by <laughs> Russell Mulcahy. That reminded me of a story I had recently where I made a joke about 1984, um, but I don't remember the rest of the story. So I was just laughing to myself, and I decided I wouldn't get into it like I am now. <laughs> right. Didn't deign to laugh at my joke. Just thought about yeah. something funny that you said that was like that. Yeah. I think something a bit creepy was happening. Love to podcast. I think something. Okay, I was. I think I was at work, and something a bit creepy was happening while music was playing on the radio. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's very 1984." And the person I was talking to was like, "I think it's actually kind of like mid 90s." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I, was, and I, I was so like embarrassed for them that I was like. Oh yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, God didn't even <laughs> didn't even try because you can't be like, actually, it's a reference to a book. Actually, that is a Jonah Hill film, which is not what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's directed by Russell Mulcahy that I have not heard of. Um, that's a Razorback, that is. But we've told and I've since been told that he's like a a, a staple of like B movies. So he directed. A billion Elton John video clips <laughs> and right. a bunch of Duran Duran video clips. <laughs> uh, so, like, he directed Elton's the video clip for Elton's uh, Elton's song. Did he direct the one with Robert Downey Jr. in it? Uh, I don't know. Did he do any actual words. movies? Uh, yes, he has also Fucking directed Shillers. He did. He directed Highlander. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So, like, B. But but we were told that he directed like heaps of like B grade, yeah, B movies. horror movie type stuff. Oh, and Resident Evil Extinction. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand yes, my ground. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was his second movie, and the first one he did was five years earlier. So. Right. Um, I think he, he got busy a doing Elton John movie, movie well, music you know, videos. It sort of makes sense, and we'll get a little more into it. But it makes sense that he did a lot more music videos than films because uh, the film was aesthetically extremely strong, but the narrative was by far the weakest element of it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. We could talk about the aesthetics later because there was a bit that sort of definitely wore a little thin for me. But um, yeah, the the, the basic premise for the movie is there's this uh country town that's really like a like a, a pub in the middle of like a red sand fucking spin effects and cactus desert. Yeah, we're talking like Broken Hill. Some of it was actually filmed in Broken Hill, but it's yeah. like proper like remote. It looks like fucking. what it looks like what you'd imagine from like a cartoon crocodile dundee type yeah. Australian bush outback town. Like town town um, would be lucky to have a population breaking into the hundreds. Yeah, I think it, it, it opens with like a uh, a prologue of like a dude minding his own business, this old bloke minding his own business with this little baby. And then he hears like a (laughs) a creepy creepy music starts to fade up. And then he he goes out. He he hears a a French person (laughs) that's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, (laughs) 
nice. I did it with the French thing because I can't do that with pig <laughs> oinks. I decided at the moment it's not going to be possible to go. Oh, he's going to try it. <laughs> not possible. Sucked a microphone down his <laughs> throat. Oh, my, my mic went down the wrong way. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so this this pig, dude. I think you were I think you were getting a drink at the time when this prologue happened. The pig literally like bursts in through a wall, yeah, knocks a candle over, yeah, and it, then bursts out through the other wall, Kool Aid Man style, Kool Aid Man, with like the grand the little baby grandson in his mouth, and the guy's house burns down. Right. <laughs> it's like. It's like was the pig on fire? <laughs> so of course he says, "Pig, I ate my baby." Not really, but it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> just hit yourself in the face I with did, a mic. I just whacked myself, socked myself in the kisser with a mic. <laughs> pig, pig eats his baby, burns his house down, and surprisingly, pig, pig I ate my baby. Sorry, I interrupted that joke. That was very funny. Yeah, thank you. You're um, surprisingly, no one believes this crazy old dude. Yeah, and there's like um. Uh, you know, raise it back, and then the theme plays, and you get the Bond, the Bond girls dancing around with their naked lady guns and stuff. <laughs> and then it, it fa- did it actually have like a Bond intro? No, it didn't. No, oh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just hamming it up. So I don't know whether or not you're telling the truth because <laughs> I was out of the cinema at um, this point. Fades up on it's like flashes forward like two years later in New York, and a American couple. Uh, talking about this lady, she's a journalist, she's going to go to Australia, to this the same fucking middle of nowhere, uh, outback town, yep. to film a like a 60 minutes style piece about this giant kangaroo cull that's happening. Hundreds of kangaroos are being shot out there. Yep. Uh, and so she's out there. And some and then greenies she gets, have got their, got their knickers in a knot. <laughs> she gets... Um, boots on the ground and finds this old bloke that everyone's laughing at is this crazy old dude that... Uh, reckons he saw a giant fucking pig and then you get this like courtroom scene with all these like bogans in the courtroom and you've got like the pig expert who's like mate I've never seen a pig that big never in my life it'd have to be like as big as a fucking hippo to be able to do that (laughs) and the old boy's like it was he's like nah (laughs) funny that it was as big as a fucking hippo (laughs) yeah and then uh Yes. Yeah, so okay. The the basically the uh, they're trying to well, it's going through the standard movie thing of like yeah, this old dude not trying to Crazy. trying to warn everyone. Yeah. And then Beth actually like Beth is the reporter. And she interviews she him. She actually interviews him because she sees him driving this his pigging truck, which um, which is like you know it's a pigging truck because it looks like a Mad Max truck. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got, got like huge fucking shit. spikes on it and meat hooks, just like <laughs> yeah. fifty meat hooks hanging off the back of it. Um, yeah. She's like, what do you do with that, mate? It's well, like, she's American. I kill pigs because it brings me sexual pleasure. <laughs> Just about, yeah. Yeah. So Because it feels real good. So in two years, this dude is now fucking crazy yeah. on killing pigs. He's, he, It's all he gets any joy from anymore. Yeah, he, he, he is like a... <laughs> he picks, pricks up his ears and runs out and grabs his rifle yeah. and runs up and shoots all the pigs he can possibly see. So it's... um, If you're big on pigging... Which is the name of my new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there might be a fair few of those. Biggin' on Piggin'? Yeah. Damn. Big on Piggin'. I'll see you in court. <laughs> Dale, when or they, whatever your when name they is. they sue you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she is trying to... 
uh, get more coverage of these kangaroo killings. No one really cares about the kangaroo killings. Right. The star of the show is the giant fuck-off boar. Right. But in order to try and get more info on that, she goes... Uh, she she puts her boots even more on the ground and goes even <laughs> further out of town and ends up. Someone gives her the tip off that she should go and get some, do some and do some good old fashioned investigating in <laughs> yeah, at and the. It's really like a, sorry, yeah. At the local pet food plant. Yeah, right. And so then when this happens, it's really like, oh, this kangaroo subplot really doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> because like it opens up on like. Literally what looks like someone poured sewerage all over a dark, grime, like, Edward Scissorhands-style fucking Mad Maxi factory yep. for pet food. Yep. Like, think of the most, like... It's Tim Burton yeah, made, made a pet food Tim Burton made a factory. pet food factory, right. Yeah. And so then someone's like, well... I don't know who's killing hundreds of kangaroos and the bodies disappear, <laughs> yeah. but there's a pet food factory over there. Yeah. And then you get, like... So and and they 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 tip her off that it's run by two kind of pretty weird brothers, uh, Benny and Dicko Baker. Yeah, right. So these dudes, like the main, there was the Benny Benny Baker is I think the most irritating character I've ever seen in a movie. Easily, um, he's the guy that runs around with the the. The Walkman on all the time and laughs like. No, that's that's the other one. That's that's Dicko. Oh no, sorry. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. I was getting the two of them confused. They both sort of act in that way that could almost oh, be described fucked. as. Well. Yes, they're very they're extremely 80s Australian. I got this is weird. I got if they were it's like a a massive cross between um like the Warriors, like a shitty or I guess a pretty good <laughs> 80s action movie, and the Castle. Yeah, right. But they're like so ochre Australian that they're like, you know, he's going to make us some snags. Um, snags? Yeah. Bangers. Mi- mystery you know. bags. Bangers. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weirdly... Like, you know, mishy moos. Yeah, weirdly Australiana. But then also, like, these people have very little qualms about killing things. <laughs> so, and yeah. they work in a factory that is like the most <laughs> awful meat produce factory in the world. Yeah. Weird that like the the villains in this movie are like the pet, pet food, food barons. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. Benny there's Benny Baker and Dicko Baker. Benny Baker's played by Chris Haywood. Uh Dicko Baker's played by David Argue. None of the, uh, which is a good. great name. I was gonna say none of these actors matter. None of these actors matter, but that's a good name. Except and I'm glad David I Argue. That is the whole point of me mentioning that. No, basically there's no one in this movie that like I recognize from anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. One of them is the dumb one that laughs all the time, and one of them is the smart one that runs funny. Uh, <laughs> and he runs Real funny. He runs funny. Like Walking Phoenix funny. <laughs> um, Imagine if Walking Phoenix killed 400 kangaroos and started the pet food company. That's how funny this guy runs. Yeah, and then you split him into two people, one of which laughs like he laughs and the other one of which runs like he runs. Um, <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Okay, so that they she finds out, so she sticks her little she sticks her little video camera nosily in through one of the windows of the pet food factory and she sees them... Um, Making pet food out of these kangaroos, so she's already gotten to the bottom of the. Already, we're done. Oh, we can go home. We know what's happened to the kangaroos. <laughs> Two mad brothers are killing them, right? So, funnily enough, if we're completely done with this character, <laughs> yeah. and we have two weirdly menacing dudes who clearly have no qualms about killing things, right? What do you reckon's going to happen to this woman now? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting question. <laughs> So, 
She she gets found. She oh. gets discovered. Also, it's a movie about a killer pig, and we haven't seen the killer pig yet. <laughs> right, so, so if so I could just so, <laughs> listeners, if we can ask you in the soup of your mind right now, when you're clearly wondering what the fuck is going on in this movie, keep all those balls. We got in killers who haven't killed people yet. We got a killer pig that hasn't showed up yet. Right. We got a lady who's literally serving no purpose. Who, despite everyone's best advice, went out into the remote desert by herself <laughs> to try and do some journalism. And she's she's journaled a little too hard, so she's journaling out of her depth. And she so ends fucking up boingo and dinger, <laughs> pointing. They, they, they find this. One of them spots her and tries to like pull her camera through the wall and ends up just ripping off the lens hood, which I quite enjoyed. And she like ah oh no ah runs away. You know, the lens hood was there in the next frame. Doesn't run. No, was it? Totally was. Oh, fuck. Continuity yeah. error. They didn't even go to the effort of showing how all her shots from then on had slightly more glare. Yeah, pause. <laughs> very, very nice. Pause the podcast and we get on the IMDb goof segment for this movie. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Uh, I'm not. Um, not good. Because this piggy train's got to roll on, baby. They menace her out of the pet food factory and they she's she's driving on home. Uh, it's now nighttime. <laughs> Go Ax- get killed by a giant Axel pig. Rose, give Oscar his fucking mic back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that reference was bad. So I don't even know if it's a Guns N' Roses song. It's not. Right. Yeah, just, it was terrible I think Axel then. Rose just sounds like that. Frank Sinatra, give Oscar his mic back. No, who's the guitarist from... Ax- Slash is the guitarist from... Yeah. Okay, so Axel Rose is the vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was a better reference no, than I thought. You got, the, you got the name of the singer from Guns yeah. N' Roses correct. I thought I said the guitarist I, from Guns N' Roses. I thought you were going for something a little bit more nuanced than that. She's driving home. Speaking of nuance, <laughs> sorry, back into it. She's driving home, and it's at night time, and she sees headlights in her rearview mirror, and we think, oh boy... <laughs> The two, the two weirdos. Pigs are, uh, learn to drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she hears, <laughs> which is the horn that the two brothers use. <laughs> uh, no, they so they run her off the road, um, which is the largest escalation of violence we've seen at this point in the film. Because like before that, they were just creepy and menacing, and it was a bit of like, uh, well, she's got video evidence of them. But they're murdering kangaroos, sure. But they're yeah. also like kangaroo. You can I don't know if no this, one cares about this kangaroos. This might confuse it's our foreign listeners, right? Food. But we genuinely put them in pet food. Like you can buy, can you? yes, you can buy kangaroo dog meat, okay. and also you can eat kangaroo at like a lot of restaurants. Yeah, well, maybe so it was different back no in the eighties. No one cares 80s. that we, yeah, right. No one cares that we're killing kangaroos. They're a pest. They shoot them all the time. So I was a little bit like, oh, these guys are actually bad. <laughs> Not yeah, just no, like, like these guys have a great idea. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, not just like these guys are capitalist, <laughs> capitalist entrepreneurs, <laughs> but they are um, like all capitalist murderers. Yeah, th- <laughs> this really is like a socialist utopia movie. They're like these people, <laughs> these people are evil because they have a legitimately great idea to make right. loads of money. <laughs> yeah, um, no, nah, they're just getting by. And and fuck, we got the Wikipedia page open. I just saw its box office versus budget ratio. Yeah, budget of five million, box office of. 0.8 million. Yeah, it uh, it did not make its it money tanked. back. Almost tanked as hard as Terminator 7. It tanked, but it does note in the Wikipedia article, I believe, that it became vastly more popular after its, after its cinematic release. Yeah, it made so, lots of money like a laser disc. When you take that into account, yes, maybe it was profitable, but that's that ain't the point. Mm. Um, 
Right, so of the point, tusks. point is, these, la- <laughs> th- th- these two bogans grab this lady and t- try to take her camera and like hold her down, and then the pig comes out of nowhere. Yes, they're actually trying to do some more sinister things. So yeah, Dicko's like pinned her on the ground, and then they hear from the background some <laughs> genuinely, I will say, <laughs> genuinely really <laughs> creepy noises. I think that... <laughs> okay, that's. I promise that's the last time Oscar will do that. You can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> you you might not make it if you do that again. So, um, Two the, more squeals is all I got, baby. The sound design in this film is actually great. And I think that a lot of the time when the pig was screaming, it was actually human <laughs> screams. It sounded just, really ah! odd. <laughs> no, like, like maybe like women or children screaming. I don't know. I got some human voices Get in there. Get out of my way. I'm a pig and I can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Justin Roiland voicing the pig. <laughs> oh, I'm a, oh, I'm a pig. pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rhino-sized boar. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the pig shows up and they hear it, and it doesn't actually make it doesn't make an immediate appearance. It sort of stalks around outside of their outside of the radius of their view. Yeah, and in, so, in typical we have no money fashion. Right. <laughs> like the first we need few to shots avoid this, showing the boar yeah. as long as we possibly can. The first few shots of this pig are clearly like a camera mounted on the front of a jeep. And someone's yeah. like stuck a pig nose on uh, the front of the jeep, and with like a wide-angle lens. Yeah, yeah it's right. So it's like classic. you got like it's like a POV shot from the pig's point of view, yeah. with a little snout in front. It's a pig of view. Like, oh. <laughs> it's a it's a POV. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and so yeah, uh, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of POV shots in this film. Uh, <laughs> got me just as hard the second time. So they fuck off. They they're smart. They're smart. They're smart. They, they're smart. Lady's stuck fucking around with her shit car for whatever reason. Yeah. So her car is 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 out of out of order, and boy, <laughs> this pig hates rundown cars. So it decides to uh, T Rex in Jurassic Park style. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say have its way with her because it was quite uncomfortably filmed, <laughs> and there were a lot of shots of like yeah, the pig kind of like goring this lady. In a way that I felt mimicked 80s sex scenes from the era. <laughs> there was a lot of like, I don't know, I was quite, it was just a very uncomfortable <laughs> scene Righto. to watch. Went on for a long time. And um, I thought, considering the scene when that. Jeff it, Bridges grows tusks and gores a woman. No, no, I th- I, considering the scene that immediately preceded this. I scrambled this, for the name Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Couldn't Bridges. Think of it. I thought, I thought I like, of Jeff Bridges and thought, fuck it. He's probably been in a movie in the 80s. That'll do. Let's run with a woman it. terribly. Yeah. We're not going to have to stop in our tracks and explain his <laughs> thought process, so it doesn't actually matter. I genuinely thought, oh, he's referenced some weird fucking Jeff Bridges movie that I haven't seen. <laughs> and then I thought, I've never heard of that happening in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> 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 and then I tried to keep going with my story. Oh, boy, you lassoed me t- and you fucking ripped me back <laughs> in- inside the Whoa, mind. Where are we? Two minutes ago. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> right. So this pig does a terrible thing. I just think, considering the scene that immediately preceded it, I thought that they were drawing some pretty direct parallels about what men do. I did not get that. I just right. saw a giant pig. Well, there's our... our <laughs> <laughs> you took it literally, and I took it figuratively. So, 
Uh, Once again, Andrew making up (laughs) meaning that isn't even shown on screen. Back on my film studies bullshit. (laughs) Uh, So, regardless, she did. So, uh, (laughs) quote, (laughs) sometime later. (laughs) And I think that actually means... 12 hours later. <laughs> is this when the husband finally comes in? Yeah. So no, it's, it's, it's like weeks later. Oh, I, I thought it was like, because at some point he says no one's seen her. And like, I thought it was like, he couldn't get well, a hold of her for like New seven, seven days or something. Yeah, I think that's what it okay. is. Because he, he's in New York, so he's got to, in the 80s, work out that it's not just that she's in the middle of fucking right, nowhere. She's right, really right. gone and no one cares. So... The Old p- mate Keith or whatever the fuck his name is, he rocks over from Boomer. A little bit of time, but not a very long time considering some of the events that follow in the storyline later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beth's husband, Carl, played by Greg Harrison, Carl. who you've also never heard of, travels to Australia. Now, he makes his way to the town and is met by the same weird shit <laughs> that, yeah. that Beth is met by. But there's both times they go there, there's a lot of like, it's it's clearly like, Six people live there, and yep. they all just like minor bulls or whatever. Yeah. Both times, <laughs> yeah. these Americans are like six people kill op- kill pigs with opals. Yeah, and <laughs> like make pet food, and that's like no one lives in this town. And both times, they're like, oh, "Can you call me a taxi?" Yeah, where's the nearest taxi yeah, there's rank? A, there's a lot of like crocodile Dundee shit. We're like, "Oh, I want to cool off." Yeah, where's your swimming pool? You 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 got a shower? <laughs> and he'll be like, "Oh, shower." There's a bit of shower here for 40 years. Yeah. yeah. I'll get a shower and a broadband connection, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, it's still on dial up. Dial up? What's that? <laughs> um, it's a lot of that type of shit. Uh, so, yes, he rocks up and he's like, Have you seen my wife? And they're like, Wife? What's that? <laughs> uh, and there's, this, there's a, a scene that I think happens very similarly both times where, like, they'll walk into the pub and, like, it's that sh- thing where, like, everyone in the pub it's stops, dead silent and, stops looks and looks at them. Right. Oh, we forgot to say, when Beth was in the pub, uh, the two weird brothers were there and they were, like, playing darts. And yeah. she, like, um, they're, like, making sexual passes at her. And then she's standing next to the dartboard trying to make a phone call. And one of these fucking psychopaths throws a dart right and, next to her keeps, face. And keeps, like, intentionally missing her by, like, an, a millimeter. Yeah. And, like, the first time, she's like, Ugh. and then he just does it again. So she, like, yeah, she drops, she, like, picks the darts out of the wall and tries to have this badass moment where she, like, drops the darts in his beer on the way past. I didn't mind that. I thought that was cool. It's cool. But then the response to that is, like, oh, he murders her. Which, <laughs> which I think is very... Uh, well, that's just about darts, Very right? realistic. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that is what men are like. <laughs> And also, he long and pointy. He doesn't matter. He tries to the giant killer pig. The, size the husband of gets there, cancer. and <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. People like uh, don't know about any of that business, mate. But maybe ask the fellas down at the pet factory. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're like they're like kangaroo pet producers slash private detectives yeah, slash the Gullangal Tourism Commission. They're the local murderers, <laughs> which <laughs> I really like. Yeah, they're like, anyone we don't know the answer, we'll just send them down that way. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, it'll be interesting. Yeah, look, if anyone got murdered, it was probably them fellas, but uh, <laughs> best to ask anyway. So, yes. They- they, they, he goes and visits them, and they live in this fucking, like, so when they go in the first time, when, like, this old bloke's chasing them for whatever reason, they're like, oi, what yeah. are you doing? Uh, what's you going on a here? pig around here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, we, we get it. You're the pig guy. We'll call you, all right? We'll if, call you. If you see any pigs, 
you bloody let me know. <laughs> yeah, we yes. will, John. John, <laughs> yeah. we will. Um, it just looks like they live in like a little shipping container. Sorry, Jake. Is actually Jake, yeah. Nah, whatever. It looks like these two crazy like pet food dudes live in this fucking shipping container yeah. shack thing that is like, by the way, like a 45-minute drive away from where they work. Yeah. Like, it, completely unnecessary that you need to have this, like, <laughs> Dukes of Hazard style, like, yeah, like, road trip from home to work every day. Every day. But you get that, like, three times. You get yeah. this, like, Mad Max slash Dukes of Hazard, like, desert buggy wagon ride. It's cool. It's cool. But it the point is, then when Carl goes to visit these pet food dudes and he's, like, their best mate for a couple hours, yeah. um, they, they take they take him into this little shipping container thing and it's like the fucking bat cave down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go in, they're outside, <laughs> they're, they're in a, it's built into a mountain, um, Cooper Pedy style. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, it's like a shipping container doorway that has, like, a fortress on top with, like, sandbags because at <laughs> one point one of the brothers is, like, poking a gun over the top. So they take if him you know in there. Yeah. <laughs> poking his gun out. <laughs> so they, they take him in there and that's when we get the, oh, uh, yeah, bloody, uh, uh, Dicko is going to cook us up some, what's another word for sausages that's not the three that we already listed? Chuggets. How many funny <laughs> chuggets? Very good. Um, Dicko is going to cook us up some chuggets. I, I said chorizo facetiously. I'm glad you heard something funny. I didn't even have to try it. It comes out, baby. Very good. Um, yeah, and again, the American guy is just like, this guy doesn't yeah. get yeah. it. Yeah, you, you know, like bangers and mash, pork pockets, pork pockets. Oh, uh, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a foreskin. That's a vagina, isn't it? <laughs> Not necessarily. Really? Could be. Man, I've been asking wrong for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make some phone calls. Uh, yes. So, um, he... Right. And, and they're like, do you know that... Uh, do you know that... Uh, you know anything... You know anything about that... Uh, that their broad that's uh, disappeared? And he's like, <laughs> clearly... <laughs> clearly an American. He's like... No, uh, no, I'm uh, I'm Canadian. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it's even worse than that. Like he, um, they, they're like, um, oh, there's heaps of pigs around here, and he's like, speaking of giant killer pigs, you know about a giant killer pig that killed a lady named Barbara or whatever. I mean, I'm just, yeah. you know, <laughs> or whatever. Did you just uh, watching the news? Did you, uh, did you hear anything about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll hear about them uh, killer pigs. So he, yeah, my wife. Uh, National compatriot woman that I heard about (laughs) (laughs) just then and have never met in my life. Um, Right, so he's like, no, I just for an unrelated reason want to take a look around your little town, and they're like, yeah, righto, okay. Surprise, Uh, surprise! He doesn't want to let these crazy ass murderers (laughs) know that he's looking for his dead wife. Looking into the, but like they didn't even really do anything. No, but I think the worry is that they'll be. Persecuted for attempted sexual assault. Okay, if I, but, well, maybe yeah. it was. Just, I, I thought in the movie it was that, but also like, oh, we we let the killer pig attack the lady, or like we left her for dead, or I'm not even entirely yeah, clear. I think like, they they know what happened, right? These dudes clearly don't care enough about those two things. No, and I think like is that like the giant killer pig is a secret? I, I don't think really he get thinks it. he's being smart by covering up why he's really there. But also, they probably don't care that he is there for that because. They just are, like, stringing him along in their merry ride anyway. But, point being, they're like, you can stay in our weird Tim Burton-esque hovel, (laughs) cavern under the ground, that's also, like, filthy and rat-infested. Bogan Batcave. 
Very good. Thank you. But you also have to help us hunt kangaroos. So, or, or whatever we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You also have to help us murder kangaroos more so than we're allowed to. So. Yeah, they, they, you get, so, like, they, they just get into the bat the, the bat cave, into their little <laughs> cave at night. And then they're like, all right, time to head out. And he goes, like, well, head out and do what? And they're almost like, oh, who else is going to shoot 500 kangaroos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, do you see 500 kangaroos in this cave? No. So I guess we better go outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and they're just rinsing him the whole time, which is pretty good. Um, they're pretty funny in their own way, but yeah. also it's like, fuck me, they're so annoying. Yeah, and he's like, because he's just been like, they've been dragging him around in like the forty degree desert weather, and obviously then at night it gets really cold, yeah. and so like he's wearing, I guess, a, a flannel shirt or something, and they're like, oh, it gets pretty bloody cold out there, man. You better better bring this to keep you warm, and they give him like a thin cardigan, <laughs> and then. They take him out to this clearing where they're trying to hunt kangaroos with their big spotlight truck. And one of them spots the light and they get him up on the spotlight. And then they're like, all right, you just point it at the eyes and keep it there and they'll be stunned and then we'll shoot him. So David tries to shoot one of them and he doesn't kill it. And this guy like yokes, he like spews because he's so sickened at the idea that an animal wouldn't be killed, despite the fact that this is like a... I don't know. I think it's meant to be like, what a city slicker, right? Oh, no, I think the whole point is he deliberately doesn't kill it. He le- he lets it... Because he says, like, if we if we kill it and cart around the dead body for ages, it doesn't taste as good. Right. If we keep it alive, but, like, dying in the back of our truck... Right, 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 And then we right, immediately right. kill it before we make the pet food, it tastes better. Right, okay. So it's the inhumane thing. The pet food tastes better. Yeah. So... Yeah, the um, explaining this shit to a fucking vegetarian. Yeah, sorry, mate. Don't know how meat works. <laughs> um, so yeah, they okay, fine. He's sickened by that enough to throw up, so he runs out of the truck. And then, <laughs> despite just giving him like a frail cardigan, they like leave him there, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we'll be back in six hours. Don't move." <laughs> 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 I'm not really sure if they were fucking with him or not. Like, yeah, they, I think they were. Yeah. But like, al- also, like they know that there are hordes of wild pigs in this area, so they're basically giving him a death sentence, I yeah. think. Or at the very least, like intentionally traumatizing him. Yeah. It feels <laughs> very, like... It's very surreal. And so, like, he falls asleep and ends up having a nightmare where he gets chased by wild pigs. <laughs> only to... Uh, Wake up at the Maybe sound like, of this again. The 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 the, <gasps> the big one. The big and that was my least. That was my my, my least impressive least enthusiastic effort, yeah. one. Yeah. Um, no, again, it's like a creepy screaming sound in the background, and it's sort of like running around him really fast. But again, we don't see it because that would be expensive budget. <laughs> so yeah. Um, then he ends up like running, and of course, then he's uh, and then he's actually attacked by wild pigs, <laughs> who like chase him, and uh, he's like, yeah, they 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 chase him through the night, and then he has to like he gets to this farm area finally. He climbs up some fucking like he, windmill thing and yeah. like hides out on the windmill. He uh, like straps himself in and is there for like the whole night, uh, and then he wakes up the next morning. And, like, the next morning, the pigs knock over the windmill. <laughs> just yeah. As, like, a, all right, you've had a nap. Now, fuck you. <laughs> and so, they knock it into the dam next to him. So, they, they he, he ends up being plunged into the dam, right? And uh, is, like, scared shitless and traumatized by pigs. But then he's, yeah. like, ha, ah, you can't swim. Ah. And I'm pretty sure the pigs 
can swim? I don't know. There's, I don't a, know. there's a lot of Pigs plot points like the, no, nah, if you kill a kangaroo straight away, it doesn't taste as good. Yeah, dogs like, can't look fine. up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then, so, fine. He uh, swims to, like, the other side of the dam, whatever, and he, he ends up, like, having one of those, like, Arabian Nights, like, shirt tied around his head <laughs> so he doesn't get sunburned, like, and uh, he uh, ends up rocking up at this... <laughs> he ends up getting to what, what, what's what got to be a mirage because... <laughs> Cop a load of them knockers uh, ends yeah. up getting to the house of the, the the hot woman in the town. We get to see our first and second boob of the film <laughs> all in one beautiful shot. In one take. <laughs> um, yes, so he gets to Sarah's house. Um, yeah. I'll remind listeners at this point that he is, uh, unbeknownst to him, widowed as of roughly a week ago. <laughs> um, and we did find out that uh, his wife was also pregnant. So yeah. he's lost a wife and child less than a week ago. But, you know, but you anyway, got old Jenny White, old Jenny one boob under the shower, and he's gonna he he's up. gonna give her a good talking to. He wipes to. the sweat off his brow and he goes, <laughs> Look at them knocks." <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's yeah. what you call a couple of wild pigs, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Look at them fat hogs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sarah, it turns out, is a friend of. <laughs> a I'll friend think of another one. I'll just interrupt <laughs> if I think of it. Go on. A friend, a friend of old mate, old mate Pigger from the start of the movie. Yeah, old mate. That's a couple squealers if ever I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of Jake, enemy of the boar, uh, the old guy who's been studying the pig population, and she, she sort of. She shows him how they like tag pigs and use the sonar device from the alien films to track them. Yeah, right. Where so it's like, here's what's going boop, on, right? She's boop, mates boop, with the old bloke. Boop, 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 boop. She's <laughs> like, it's right above you. <laughs> she's mates. She's she's mates with the old bloke who's trying to find this fucking pig that yeah. ate his baby or whatever. Um, Grandson. And she's there's literally a conversation where she's like, Oi, Gramps, why don't you use this tracking dart so we can find the pig? Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to find it. I just want to kill it. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I think you misunderstood. Finding <laughs> it would probably help you in your pursuit of killing it. He's like, like no. oh, good point. All right, I'll take the dart gun as well then. And he like slings it over the other shoulder and it's like, bro. And there's this whole fucking scene where he then goes out and eventually finds this wild pig, spoiler alert, um, and um, empties like an entire clip, like all the rounds he has yep. of the actual gun into, into the Razorback, yep. the giant fucking rhinoceros thing. And then he's like, oh, fuck, the dart. And then <laughs> I-, <laughs> oh, I forgot about the fucking dart. <laughs> yeah. so, he, he so he pulls pu- that out once <laughs> instead of reloading Lights he swaps to his alternative weapon minutes. because it's faster yeah and uh yeah yeah he punches a dart and then he punches a dart into this <laughs> boar and uh and then he fires the dart gun at it yeah yeah, yeah i did three uh and then like nothing happens it doesn't it doesn't it like doesn't start tracking yeah, it just happens yet. nah and um yeah so uh Carl learns that something's been causing these... Carl is the name of the husband, dude. Yeah. He learns that something's been causing these wild pigs uh, to be, like, hyper... So, me- yeah, in the... Oh, me- I don't know. In- something's making these pigs nervous. In the meantime... It looks like there's a giant pig around there. <laughs> yeah. So, something. while Jake's out getting <laughs> getting his dart on, um, <laughs> Carl learns that Sarah's... Like, Carl learns that, like, all these pigs have been going... All the, all the pigs have been going fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> They've been losing their fucking marbles. Says Sarah, 
and uh, yeah, they've been like uh, hyper aggressive and like even eating their own young. Tell you what, there's a pair of young'uns I'd love to have a nibble on. What do you reckon? <laughs> you ever think about eating those yourself? <laughs> so then. It's giving me a curly tail just looking at them. Uh, <laughs> right, so sorry, this happens concurrently, but the, the, the reason why Jake better. sets out is because uh, he learns that Carl spotted the big one. And so he's like, all right, let's go fucking get it. And then Sarah's like, take the dart gun. And he's like, fucking no. And I don't she's want like, to take the dart gun. It's smart to take the dart gun. And he's like, oh, fucking all right then. <laughs> and it continues to aggressively pursue him. Um, does he go in the lake? Is that why it stops chasing him? I think he jumps in the lake, right? Yeah. Pigs and, can't swim. And pigs can't that. swim. As, <laughs> as the, the, <laughs> the Chekhov's gun that happened earlier, <laughs> about 10 minutes before it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he, he chases it out. He shoots the shit out of it. Then he fires the dart and then it runs away. Yeah. And he's going through the pig shit. And <laughs> so to speak. He's having a hard time at the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wife's giving him a hard time. He's in the shit and he plunges his hand <laughs> down into it. And he, uh, uh, for some reason, yeah, he's like picking pig shit up and he's like, oh, what's this? Oh, a wedding ring. And it's <laughs> Beth's wedding ring, which he hands back to Carl again. The Norks guy. <laughs> so, uh, and Carl's like, <laughs> sorry, what? B- pokes yeah. his head up for air. Carl's like, and then Jake's like, Carl, 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 I found your dead wife's wedding ring. <laughs> He's like, what? 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 Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. Do you know not tell you that, baby? I guess I'm. I guess I'm real sad about that. <laughs> and he's like staring off into the distance, and she comes up, and she's like, "Are you right?" Oh, and there they like, are. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. staring off in the distance, looking for him. They've been right in front of me the whole time. <laughs> Where? How long have you been behind me? <laughs> um, Carl's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's why we're making fun of him. So, like, no, nah, he's all right. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, he doesn't fuck her until the end of the movie, <laughs> so Beth, allegedly. So, until she works out that his dead wife and <laughs> baby are definitely <laughs> gone. You're skipping ahead. So, Benny and Dicko, the brothers, are listening in on like the ham radio, and they overhear the chatter that uh, Jake knows what's really happened to Beth. So they think that Jake's gonna like tell tell the town on him, and then I don't oh, because he finds some of this shit on the site where Beth was killed or something. So he knows they were there. Yeah, he finds the meat hook, one of the yeah. meat hooks from their truck at the site where yes, correct, Beth was killed, and he's like, "Whoa, these guys were here. They knew what happened to that old lass." And literally everyone in this town has ten meat hooks on the back of their truck. <laughs> right, yeah, but I know it's those be two anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they break into like his his camp where he's camped out trying to fucking get this boar. And they end up attacking him, and uh, they break his legs. Yeah, they fucking like shoot his kneecaps out yeah, or something. They, Fuck! They beat the shit out of him. It's it's the, it's one of the first moments in the movie where like, oh Jesus! Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the second moment, yeah, <laughs> maybe, right. but um, yeah, the uh, right after them norks. <laughs> <laughs> the third moment in the movie uh, after the sexual assault scene. So the uh, <laughs> the the. They beat the shit out of him, and they leave him to, to get attacked by the Razorback. Yep. Spoiler alert. It shows up, and boy, does it attack. And I thought the Razorback actually looks quite good. Yeah, it's it does. It's this animatronic pig thing. Right. And what baffles me 
is it must have been very expensive not to make but to operate this yeah, prop. Yeah, like it's clearly some sort of mechatronic robot thing where usually it's got like little twitches of the nose and things. Yeah, yeah, or a puppet at least. And usually with these types of things, once they build it, they want to use it as much as they possibly can. But yeah. this does the Jaws thing where they're like, no, no, let's not show it for the first 80 minutes of screen time. Well, I suppose it's like a like a Jurassic Park kind of thing. But like it looks yeah. like they must have had a, f- a few different pig rigs, for yeah. want of a better word. Nice. <laughs> pig well, rigs over the road racing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a deep gut there for you. That's a fucking joke that one person gets, and I think they're sitting opposite me. <laughs> yeah. um, just for something different, you know? Right. The the boar ends up killing... It kills It kills old Jake. It yeah. finally it Finally, finally gets, gets him. him. It breaks down an outhouse and fucking shits him to death. <laughs> so, they Sarah and Carl go looking for him, um, and they find him not quite dead, actually. Uh, but then he like dies in Sarah's arms because otherwise it wouldn't be dramatic. But he had all these fucking wounds and like bloody open w- open sores, and then he was like crawling through a lake of literal poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy was like that guy was oh, dead. That guy's, <laughs> yeah, that guy's getting sepsis in like yeah. a, a minute. Yeah, um, and they they like <laughs> run water over his face, which apparently is a nice thing to do. I would have thought he'd be like, gah, gah, now I don't have poo on my mouth anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's... This is marginally better, <laughs> um, right? And then he, and then he's like, "I'll tell oh. you a couple things that make it a lot better, though, baby." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I was three days from pig hunting retirement," and then he dies. Uh, I think he dobs in the brothers right before he cocks it, and, and the pi- so and the pig spits out the the corpse of the baby from twelve years ago. <laughs> yeah, as well. yeah, along, yeah, along with like, a. <laughs> Along with a written uh, admission of guilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was me. And he's like, yeah, I bloody know. Um, I was there. And so, like, yeah, I think he dives in the brothers. And so, like, it, it becomes a revenge movie where uh, Sarah and Carl, or more specifically, I guess, just Carl, kind of go out and yeah. he, he he says, uh, they, 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 they knew about your wife. <laughs> and he, they, he decides to go and find him and, take care of them or, or get some answers or whatever it is. We don't actually yeah. get much insight. Well, one thing that struck me about the movie was that this old dude doesn't really get the redemption, though. Like, no. The whole... The whole <laughs> no, he's purely a victim. Yeah, the whole town thinks he killed his gr- his baby grandson. His then single motivation in life is to kill this pig, which I'm pretty sure he doesn't get to do either. Nah. Who, he, how does the pig he, die He in contributes the end? to it getting killed. Um, in the factory. Which we're, we're about to get to. That's the scene that we're getting uh, to. Is the, the climax of the movie, right? That's actually, funnily enough, quite reminiscent of Terminator. Yes. It's, <laughs> y- yes, it is. Um, what year did Terminator come out? Hmm? What year did Terminator 2 come out? 79? No, Terminator 2. This uh, Terminator 2 yeah. totally ripped off Razorback. <laughs> Terminator 2 was... Like 90s. It was like 90s. Yeah, I think it was all like right. 91. Yeah, that, that's all you need to know. We probably don't have to explain the ending then. If you've seen Terminator 2 which I now have, <laughs> Yeah. then uh, that's the ending to Razorback. Yeah, so basically, Carl goes to this factory and there's this huge dramatic scene where initially, like, he's chasing after the brothers and then, like, they're sort of chasing after him and then the boar inevitably shows up. Meanwhile, Sarah's yeah. gone back to the town and she's trying to round up the townsfolk and she's like... Jake didn't do it. Also, he's dead. And also, that giant fucking pig's real. And all of the townsfolk are like, Four! What? What's this about a giant pig? And um, well, I see two giant <laughs> piggies right giant in front of me. In front of me yep. um, so <laughs> we've used that one. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we'll cut in. A, we'll cut in a better one later. Um, nork, nork. um that was the pig saying the word nork. <laughs> no, okay, fuck uh, you. 
Um, the are you too busy trying to think of a funny yeah. one? <laughs> okay. Um, the giant pig may be real. While you're at it, why don't you tell us what else is real? Are those real? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's convoluted, but it's a bit of legwork to get to it. But I think that once you're there, once you're really home and at, and with it, <laughs> yeah. you sit with it for a little while. I think it's worth it. <laughs> You don't have to reel the listeners in. You just keep tension on the line and they eventually reel themselves in. Then they tie themselves out and that's when you fucking go for it. <laughs> uh, basically, the Razorback uh, chases Carl into the factory. Sarah arrives and, like, uh, sort of alone do the townspeople ever yeah, actually show up? They rock up to the wrong spot and they're like, there's no giant pig. Right. And then whatever. Oh, yeah, because the, the tracking beacon uh, yeah. moved elsewhere or something. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile, this whole fight scene in this pet food factory where he's fighting the giant boar is like happening around this conveyor belt that's leading to a giant <laughs> yeah, like, pet, mach- pet food-o-matic Another giant Chekhov's spinning gun, blade. Because earlier on, we saw this factory, which just had inexplicably like... It doesn't... It looks like an exhaust fan, but it's actually a meat grinder slash chopper slash... Just open to the elements. Death, hole. Death pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's these two giant conveyor belts, and all they seemingly do is carry meat to be chopped up by this, like, red-lit fan, <laughs> where you're like, well, that's obviously going to kill something The pig's going to go movie. in that hole soon. Yeah. Minute 89, yeah. pig's going in the hole. Either the pig wins, and... and after Kyle and Sarah get up <laughs> and leave the house, <laughs> the Razorback is going in the meat grinder. <laughs> And after that, (laughs) (laughs) and after that, (laughs) the swine goes in the incinerator. Um, Then the pig dies. So, (laughs) so yeah. Long story short, the pig after all the meat's been sucked out of the pork pocket, (laughs) the pig's been stabbed, and Carl still needs to do this other fucking thing where he hangs from one of the meat hooks and is like, "Here, piggy, piggy." And the pig's like onto the conveyor belt, and I guess it's wounded enough that it can't really run, but it's uh, still yes, trying a to kill him. Grieving widow, like a red yeah. rag yeah. to a death pig. <laughs> yeah, and so like it sits on the conveyor belt, at which point he like Tarzans <laughs> out of the way, and it's just like, oh shit! And then it ends I'm up getting up now. Yeah, well, I've, well, I've bled too much to move now. And so he like <laughs> Boba Fett's himself into this <laughs> yeah, fucking into the, pit. into the pit. Yeah, and it's like minced, like properly, like. <laughs> Chunks fly over and shit. And so that's the worst bit about the right. ending. I, mean, I enjoyed the movie, but like that was—it's like oh, so they ground up the giant pig, so no one believes anyone. Yeah, and like earlier on in the movie, um, like at the point at which they, the, uh, Carl and Sarah split up, and she goes to get recruit the townspeople. She's like, "Well, I'll see you soon," and he—he's like, "Yeah," and then he grabs her and just kisses her, and it's like, dude. Your wife and child died like a week ago. It's, it's like six weeks ago. No, it's. I reckon it's not. I reckon it's because he initially goes over thinking that there's definitely still time to find her. Six weeks, you'd assume she's dead. But he goes over there looking for her and he is not until like that day had confirmation because that's the day that Jake gives in the wedding ring. So he on that day found proof that but his wife dead. died and yeah. with, with his child and he's like, oh, great. Guess I'll Mac on with this one then. Yeah, well, he's got to, you know, he's done. Yeah, he's moved on. There's no point. He's a he's a pragmatist. If nothing yeah, else is exactly <laughs> is our Carl. So he's an opportunistic young man. <laughs> yeah. So does he stay with the chick at the end of the movie? Yes, or does he go back to America? No, that's I think that's the thing. Like then, so 
the pig gets minced. <laughs> <laughs> Insert, yeah, I was just yeah, looking at yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yada yada. <laughs> AI generating a euphemism <laughs> for sex it involves some sort of pig imagery. And uh, <laughs> Carl finds Sarah. The boar knocked her unconscious, and he like breathes the kiss of life into her. Not really. He just holds her, and he's like, "Please don't die. Your boobs are too hot." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, I'm alive now." And the two embrace, and that is credits. On the yeah. movie, like that's pretty much it. He he says he's going to leave on a bus, and there's a whole thing where he's going to leave, and then he doesn't leave, and then he's going to leave, and then he doesn't leave, and there's a whole fucking thing with yeah. she. Oh, I don't know. But point is, when your wife dies, that's prime hunting time, baby. It is prime hunting time. Prime hunting use- time for pig. <laughs> prime hunting time for long pig. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's Razorback. So the thing about this movie, and the reason why, other than our enrapturing coverage of the entire storyline is that <laughs> this movie is actually genuinely unironically beautiful. Nah. It is very... Oh, cinem- cinematographically. Cine- yes. Not right. narratively. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> narratively, this film is a garbage fire. <laughs> uh, the, the, this film was made in spite of its story. There was... Yeah. Not... Because its story was yearning to be told, the effects are really cool. The, the vehicles are great. Is really cool. Like the the shot composition. There's multiple scenes. I was I was using this as an example. There's one scene where the Mad Max uh, Ute um, pulls up near the pet food factory and then does a U turn and then drives away. And that could have been. Here's how that would have been shot in a normal movie. It, you would have seen the truck drive up, then you would have cut to a close-up on one of the brothers' faces, they would have been looking around because they're hunting for Carl, and then it would have cut back to the truck driving away. Yeah. Nothing else would have been out of the ordinary, right? It would yeah. have looked realistic maybe at nighttime. Yeah. Instead, what they do is they flood the entire area with a smoke machine. So the whole thing, there's one wall and it's just smoked out, and then they blue light the entire scene. So it's only blue smoke, right? And the truck <laughs> literally emerges through this wall of smoke, right? Stops, does a U-turn, and then leaves again without ever showing who's actually driving the truck, right? And what it does is it totally establishes this truck as being a threatening presence in of itself. It almost like yeah. personifies the truck. Like uh, the truck is like a character. The, yeah, the truck, the truck is, is like is a the character. Thing hunting, right? Yeah, and so then whenever these do these these two crazy fucking bogan pet food barons like rock up in a scene, yeah, it's scary almost because of the scene. You see the truck first, like every time. You're right, and it's it's incredibly menacing in of itself, but it's also like the it it gives it an intent and an like a persona. And it also does the same thing as the Razorback does, which is where it emerges when it wants to kill, but then it disappears before you can do anything to it, right? So, like, the way that they construct a lot of the shots reminded me a shitload of not the original Mad Max, but Mad Max Fury Road, which is a film that is known for its beauty. This, <laughs> The way that this p- portrays the Australian outback and the way that it just does the tension building yeah. at, or its action scenes is... is Genuinely great. There are a lot of really beautiful like scenery shots as well. One yeah, thing that did annoy me, the outback is is yeah, I've never seen it represented like this. Yeah, it looks like standing out of a fucking postcard. That's why awesome. this movie is worth watching. Yeah. it's not the storyline. It's not the monster movie. In fact, it uh, we saw this with a friend of the show and previous guest Pat, who said 
it it feels like they needed to include the monster, but they would have rather not. <laughs> like it feels <laughs> like it would have they would have preferred that it was some sort of like yeah, Australian disgraced bushman, grieving widow, and all that right, sort of stuff. And the weird brothers are the actual antagonists. Yeah, but instead, like they were like, no, it's got to be a monster movie because otherwise, no one will go and see it. As it turns out, no one went to see it anyway, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a weird monster in it. This movie was great. The storyline is the worst thing about it, but it's still worth going and seeing for the visuals, I think. Yeah, it was fun. It was a shitload of fun. I think that you would want to watch it if you want a silly thriller. It's not really scary. Like a silly, no, 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 a silly cheesy horror movie. It's it's 80s B-grade action movie, yeah. let us be clear. However, yeah. it looked better than it had any right to yeah. based on that. And as exactly. a counterpoint... The next film that we'll talk about, Howling 3, does not look beautiful in any way the same way. Looks like it was filmed on a fucking handy cam. It looks like a student movie. At at midday every day. A student movie with a million dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So, like, I was astonished and I felt these two made a really good contrasting pair. Yeah. Because I thought the storyline in Howling was more... (laughs) Fucked. (laughs) It was more... But it was more interesting and better written. And the visuals were much more boilerplate. Yeah, and right. Vanilla and boring. I suppose it just shows that when you get down <laughs> to it at this sort of grade of movie where you're just watching it for a fun time, you just want to see a cheesy, thrillery, action horror bullshit movie. Yeah. A lot of the spectacle and the eye candy is what people are going for. Yeah, right. Rather than the like, yeah, crazy, complex fucking... Actual like, storyline. Yeah. Actual storyline. <laughs> yeah, or the philosophical right. questions. Yeah. Right. So... As we said, definitely go see Razorback. Razorback, I think, or it's online. But our next film, I would not bother going to see. Howling 3. Howling 3, The Marsupials, which was made in the late 80s. I want to say like 1987 or something. Uh, So it is loosely about a community of Australian werewolves that have been living in secrecy in the outback. They are marsupial werewolves. So that translates to like... They're they're half human, half thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that's that's a spoiler for the Howling 3. But yeah, um, they turn into like giant werewolf things whenever they want to. (laughs) Whenever Whenever they want to. Or, <laughs> or whenever it suits the plot. Or whenever they're emotionally stressed. Yeah. Or whenever they're angry. Or whenever they're... Literally, one of them was like, whenever there are strobe lights. <laughs> yeah. And one of them was like, let's go to a strobe light factory. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, let's like, go to the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the women look like normal women, but with hairy pouches. That yeah. these fucked little werewolf... And like baby things, pubes like. from like this, <laughs> from like their sternum down to like their mid thigh. Yeah, they just have hairy stomachs. <laughs> it's it's very strange. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, so there's this uh community in like a little like children of the corn, the village style um community of. Uh, where Australian marsupial werewolves that live in a town called Flow. <laughs> Which, like, it does a very pointed job of, like, the camera, like, approaches the sign for flow that is, like, the hollow letters in a hollow frame. And the character goes under the gate and turns back around and focuses for, like, a full 10 seconds on the fact that flow is the word wolf backwards. Poorly. <laughs> the word wolf backwards. But I said to you guys, I was like, why the fuck is the town called Flow? Yeah. And then I immediately realized, I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's wolf backwards. It's wolf backwards. And then the movie does that like 
10 minutes like later. Like, reverses the lens, like, oh, hey, backwards, yeah. look at that! Look how um, clever we are. And it's like, if they had stopped to look back at, like, whether or not they locked the car and they'd seen the word wolf, they would have been like, oh, oh. You, you fuckers are the werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they don't. Right. The king werewolf is this creepy, like, cue ball dude who yeah, is... Played by Max Fairchild, who is... Actually in who, the Mad Max film. actually a werewolf. <laughs> no, he's small face man. He's got Charlie Kirk syndrome. And he is actually, yeah, in the Mad Max films. His face is very small on his head. He, he, looks he either got a big old head <laughs> or a tiny little face. <laughs> it's not clear. Or maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit <laughs> yeah, of probably a bit of both, yeah. He's running this convent. Yeah, right. And one of the people in the convent is Jaboa. Jaboa. Jaboa, Jaboa. Jaboa. Hardly know her. Um, and so she escapes this convent um, because it's shit living with a whole bunch of other fucked werewolves in the middle of nowhere and goes to Sydney, Australia. <laughs> yep. And there's, there's plenty of like... She, like, walks from the outback, opens the door to Sydney, and she's sitting next to Darling Harbour with the Harbour Bridge on one side and the Opera House on the other. Right. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of that. Like, yeah, I think so you see... They, they literally... There's, like, three conversations that happen under the Harbour under Bridge. Under the Harbour Bridge, yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of... This film is shot inside uh, UTS in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, the UTS building with the logo, like, like not on that side. brushed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so, yep. and so, like, she's sitting on a park bench next to the Opera House being like, here I am in Sydney, Australia, right. for all of, like, three minutes. And this dude jogs up and then, like, sees her <laughs> and goes... <gasps> And then runs after her, like, and she like terrifiedly sprints away. And this white, this this white dude spring after yeah. her, being like, "No, stop, stop, stop <laughs> running! Why are you running? And the, Why would you run from me?" It's the most distressing shit. Yeah. But, but she, he catches her and he's like, "He corners her." <sighs> yeah, corners her, grabs her, and he's like, "I want to put you in a movie." Yeah, let me put you in a movie. Um, and so then, all of a sudden... There are a shitload of Australians in this movie that are acting as people with different accents, and they're all fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. So this, like, this guy's an Australian guy playing an American guy. Yep. And next scene, straight away. So already, you're like, all right, so these werewolves are here. They're marsupial werewolves. No. Now we're on a movie scene. And Jaboa is on the set of a movie with this like car- this like young Donnie. American casting guy named Donnie, who has like decided that she's hot, and she needs to be in this scene with this hot... She's wild. Funnily enough, they uh, the movie is... Is a trashy horror movie. The yeah. movie is called like uh, Screamo Eight. Or uh, Shapeshifters Part Eight. Shapeshifters Part Eight. And they're all it. wearing shirts that say Shapeshifters Part Eight. And we were saying that is the most obscure film reference we can think of. If <laughs> you, you actually have a real one shirt, of those yeah. shirts, yeah. So, so they're filming a trashy B grade dumb horror movie. Yep. And she's in it. And, and the then, director of the film is like definitely meant to be Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fat bald dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of like. You want to go out in the, under the full moon? And she's like, no, nah, I don't want to because I'm a werewolf. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and so then when they fuck, yep. and so they, they, they sleep together pretty quickly. And she's like, oh, I'm hungry like a wolf that I am. Ravenous with my, my with my werewolfy hunger for your, your, your non-wolf dick. <laughs> but I am a wolf. He said surprised that she, when he like, finds out. It's that- so weird that a human woman would say all these things during <laughs> sex. <laughs> And then so uh, uh, she she like gets pregnant straight away. She's yeah. So uh, which they sorry jumping back for two seconds to the intro of the movie. The thing that really sets the tone is that the anthropologist dude who was showing his class this footage of oh, this, right. this Aboriginal ceremony. Right. So that's how it's established that there are werewolves in Australia. And he's saying to his class, 
Um, there are so the, the, we don't know how they managed to make this mask. The only conclusion that any people who've looked at it have been able to come to is that it's real. But we don't have wolves in Australia, so we don't know how they did it. Yeah. Also, there have been reports of actual werewolves in <laughs> Russia. By the way, and then he thinks, and I'm not kidding here. I'm going to go talk to my mate, the president of the United States, <laughs> yeah, about right. this. So this university lecturer <laughs> literally cut to. And this is the second scene in the movie, the anthropologist talking to the president about werewolves. <laughs> and the That's president right. is not buying it. And the president is like in a bathrobe next to a public swimming pool. Yeah. It, who, yes. And also clearly an Australian man trying to do Ronald Reagan. Like, it's, <laughs> it's good shit. So then we cut from the president being like, werewolves don't exist. To Jabawa in the werewolf convent. And that really sets the tone, I think, for the rest of the movie. Like, the fact that we went from zero to president of the United States in two (laughs) scenes and immediately cut to werewolves is like, this movie's fucked. (laughs) And it's several times throughout the movie, like... um, (laughs) The president is a recurring character. I I gotta call the president again. And And the president will literally be like, the Pope has said multiple times. (laughs) So... Yeah, Jabal and Donnie bone, and he is like, he's like mm, ruminating on the fact that she said all this weird, not true stuff about her being a werewolf. And then he looks down and he sees like her, her weird large pouch. mat of golden pubes and a pouch thing. And he just sort of like, here's what, here's what would have happened. Here's what would have happened if this movie were real. <laughs> he would have screamed yeah. and run the fuck away. <laughs> but instead, but he, he s- just goes back to sleep. Yeah, but does I thought does he like stick his hand in there? He kind of like fingers it a little bit. He sticks his hand in her pouch and like fingers He's it. He's probably looking for the clip in this PG thirteen movie. Literally PG thirteen, and there are multiple boobs in this movie, and <laughs> a fair bit of violence, and Don't worry, an even number of boobs. Body horror that would shame Cronenberg. So. Yeah, he he's he, he he's like, hmm, that's weird. Anywho, goes back to sleep immediately. And yeah, so then they go to the rap party for the movie and uh there are these oh. there are these three nuns from the convent, but they so on the on the oh, yeah, at right. the camp but no one's like, dressed like a nun. Yeah. And then they go out into the real uh, world. Are they from the convent? Yeah. I didn't pick that up. Right. So they're werewolf nuns, but they look like someone bought and a $5 eBay nun costume. Yeah, yes. And, and then, this like, happens they look- several times throughout this movie. Like, right. You've got, like, an uh, army dude, like, the army is looking for these werewolves in the, out- in, the, in the bush. And so the army looking for these werewolves in the bush amounts to two dudes in what <laughs> looks like. Like action man high school costume, high school camouflage. It's so bad. It's like it's almost like p- camouflage pajama bottoms and pajama top right. with like a a two dollar baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, with like, with like a camo print the, on it. The uh, yeah, the Australian Army fucking emblem on it. It's it's and, good. And then they're walking around with like. Uzis or something like German World War Two weapons. It's, like it's the nuts. first two guns they could find. Yep. Oh man. So okay. Yes. You're- Everything about this movie is so bad. So they go to the rap party and there's heaps of flashing and strobing lights because it's the eighties and it's a party and they set off Jabawa and she ends up having a werewolf fit and she like her, her she puts contact lenses in and <laughs> oh, doesn't she have a fit? She doesn't she have it when they're in a movie as well? They're watching a werewolf movie in a cinema. And in the cinema, they're watching like 
Yeah, a dude, a, a chick turned into a uh, into like a wolf. I, I think no, I think that's and she one goes of her, like that's, that's not, not how, how it happens. happens. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, but then yeah, so she she goes this they're, they're at this party and she starts transforming and she runs because she I don't know doesn't want to be found or whatever, and uh, she ends up running across the road and gets hit by a car, and then at the hospital, so she gets taken to the hospital, and at the hospital. <laughs> they like do a they're, they're doing an inspection they find the pouch <laughs> and again instead of being like whoa what the fuck they're just like oh yeah I guess we'll like call an anthropologist or whatever <laughs> call an anthropologist yeah so like by the way the werewolf transformations in this movie are surprisingly good to a point like yeah. it's clearly like someone going Ugh! and then it cuts away and cuts back and it's and there with slightly 10% more, more makeup <laughs> and then it yeah. cuts back and cuts back and like Ugh! I mean and then but then there's this there's a specific bit when it's going from like 80% wolf to 90% wolf where the face starts elongating on they've, camera they've actually used like elastic prosthetics and so they can like push the snout Forward out of Off the, the face. face. It looks really good. It's quite creepy. And so yeah. I think ninety percent werewolf looks great. Right. And then it keeps going. And then a hundred percent. And then it turns into a hundred percent werewolf. It looks absolutely fucked. It looks like wily e. coyote. It's yes. this really yes. big yes. That's wide what it looks face. Like. It looks exactly like, like wily e. like coyote. Real life body horror Cronenberg wily e. coyote. Yeah, with but like, like <laughs> human eyes. <laughs> It's so, so weird. Every time you're like, oh, the werewolf looks good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and then it keeps going to like <laughs> space jam levels of, oh, God. This movie is about nothing, by the way. It's like, so, it's going to be, uh, we're not, we're not going to be able to describe the whole plot because it's so convoluted. From here on out, it twists and turns and twists and turns and twists and turns. There's like Aboriginal werewolf magic the, in this movie. The army, the cops are involved. The Pope the, and the President the, of the, the United American States have army. several scenes. Yeah, it's, Right, there's all the there are all these scenes in Siberia that show you wolves in Siberia that are clearly just filmed in Australia. Like there are with gum, tr- no. yep. there are gum, there are gum trees, trees in the background. <laughs> yeah, the um, the, but uh, even more baffling than this, the rest of the film spans like I don't know forty years. <laughs> Like, they yeah. keep doing time cuts forward. Yeah. So and there's so many subplots. Like, yeah. you find out that, like, so then it, it explores this whole universe of, like, werewolves are living among us. Right. And so then it goes to, like, there's a Russian ballet. So it, it was is actually that flagged. Scene? That was the Russian thing, is that, yeah, they'd had these werewolves, and one of them is the world's most famous ballet dancer. And no one's ever asked any questions about no. that. Anyway, it's, I think that's it's sort of established that there's some sort of like werewolf Illuminati that does <laughs> some work like protecting these people because her manager is also a werewolf. But anyway, okay, so yes, we're we're introduced to um, whatever her Olga name Olga or whatever Olga Gorky. Fuck, was it really <laughs> yeah. Olga? That's yep. the first Russian name I could think of. Yeah, it's genuinely Olga. Um, but yeah, so we're introduced to her. Uh, she is trying to do a rehearsal, which, <laughs> here's the link, which uh, anthropologist's, like, journalist friend or scientist friend or something, anthro- the anthropologist mate is like, oh, I've got tickets to a ballet rehearsal if you want to go later. And the guy's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then they're watching the rehearsal and the ballerina turns is, into a werewolf, is a werewolf like- and ends up transforming and, like, attacking people on stage. Yeah. And again, like they are, they managed to like arrest her and put her in hospital, so they get like the second hospital examination scene. Oh fuck! There are so many scenes. There in are this three movie. hospital examination yeah, scenes. Crazy, and then there are so many scenes where the, the anthropologist will be talking to his mate that has the ballet hookup. Yeah, and they'll be like, um, 
So they'll be like in the hospital doing an examination, and they'll be like, "Hey, mate, do you want to go with me to a ballet uh, rehearsal later?" And they'll be like, "What's it about?" And it'll cut to the next scene of them walking, them walking down under by the Darling Sydney Harbour Bridge, and it'll be like, "Oh, it's some rehearsal." <laughs> yeah, they do that thing where like they jump cut, but the conversation is from the next sentence onwards. So it's like they've either said nothing for the last ten minutes, or, or like, bolted to the Harbour Bridge <laughs> right, without saying a word. Yeah, yeah. So the conversations carry shit. on between walk and talk scenes, but yeah, right. They they walk to completely unconnected places. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so funny. <laughs> so like about now is when I started really getting into the movie because like, like it's so stupid shit like that. It's so stupid. It's just careless. Yeah, no, it's not. It it it's can't be reckless. careless. It can, yes, reckless. Yes, careless. No, I think they knew. I think they must have known. I don't think so. There well, is no, because so you're writing a script. You don't instinctively just carry on the sentence to the next page, but also do a mad scene change. Like they have to know what the pacing of this movie is like. Okay, so Olga falls in love with a drawing of the guy that's running the convent. She's, like, inexplicably attracted to him. But it, it looks like it was drawn with a pencil on an A4 sheet of printer right. paper so what happens is by a 10-year-old Her manager is like... I'm getting a signal. And then he, like, draws what he sees. It takes, like, two seconds. And then he turns around. It's, like, a reasonably good sketch. But it's reasonably good. That's because it's a giant circle with a tiny smiley face <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's reasonably good in that it could in no way be any other character in this film, but it's also terrible. Oh, but there's man. no way you could draw it in two seconds. It's That was, for me, one of the funniest moments in the entire film is when he turns around and he's got like this, this police sketch pad of this dude and she is inexplicably horny just straight away mad horny and she's like i ha- i have to go find him yeah and so she goes and finds him some shit happens i don't know if you remember but then she ends up running next, next scene she's in a perfect ballet dress yes. in the middle of the bush right and she's found him and she's with him so like already that skips weeks yes. right it's we're, we've lost track all of, of all time. the time. Yeah, right. Okay, so, so like, for the rest of this movie, there's going to be disconnected scenes, always progressing forward in time, but we're never going to be sure of how much. At some point, the anthropologist dude works out that werewolves are real. Yes. And finds... He sees the ballet chick turn into a werewolf. He finds this Jaboa movie star chick that got pregnant with the, the American dude. Oh, and American. the reason why she's pregnant so quickly and they can tell is because of her, quote... Hypermetabolism. So she gets abducted by the convent and they end up like kidnapping her and taking her back. And she ends up like sneaking away and giving birth in like a haystack. Yeah. And yeah, it's this body horror scene where like it shows it's her. It's not body horror. Oh, it's it this was... fucked looking little puppet. It's like a feet. They made but... a f- they made a werewolf fetus puppet. Yeah, that, that like crawls, crawls out, up of her, out of her pouch. out of her vag. Yeah. And then like makes its way up through the nestled pubic hair into her pouch. And like there were audible like. From the audience members, including us, it was just gross. Like it's so an unnecessary amount of like slime slash wolf vaginal fluid, right? uh, 
It's, oh, it's like leaving a slime trail through her pubes. <laughs> so, so visceral. So full on. Oh, and God. so then the, uh, the, 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 the... We're already up to like act two or... Th- I just saw this movie is 90 minutes long. This movie felt like 120... This, <laughs> yeah, this movie felt like, felt like it was two and a half hours I long. I think that's because it was so fucking disorienting. Oh my God. And so, so, the, so the, the anthropologist guy who's trying to prove that his great-granddad that took this 1920s-ass movie of this werewolf mask that they reckon must be a real werewolf because how else do you make a mask? (laughs) That anthropologist guy that's best friends with the president is now on an expedition into the werewolf convent. Because the president said he needed more evidence. Was the right. reason the entire reason the, for that? The president and the pope want more evidence, <laughs> and the pope, and the yes. pope, yeah. And then I think at the same time, the president somehow finds out and sends the army there. So the president is covering it up. Right, is what happens. They want to okay. they want to kill all of the werewolves, but they don't want anyone to know that there are werewolves. So <laughs> so they have to in secret kill them all. Right, and so then it's a race into the bush with this anthropologist, the movie production guy, for whatever reason, is there because so, yeah. he's into Jaboa. Jaboa and Donnie are paired up and they've run away together because he wants to raise oh, the child. so confusing. He, he finds out that his girlfriend is a werewolf with a little fucking hairy vag pocket yeah. and a werewolf baby and he's like, yeah, cool, I'll raise it. Yeah. He's a stand-up guy. I love you. Yeah, he's doing the right thing. He's going to fucking marry and her. And then here's what I'm not sure how it happens, but Olga and Harry, the anthropologist character, end up pairing up. No, that makes no sense at all. No, and, yeah, she, right. and she explicitly... I'm I'm like, what the fuck? Weren't you super attracted to the bald, small face guy? And she literally just says, like, I don't know if I ever loved him. Maybe it was just a thing. Anyway, I love you now. Yeah, right. It's literally that many words. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think they, they haven't had a single scene together until Olga's like, I think I love you. Hey. Yeah, maybe I love you instead, eh? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, all right. And so they all run off into the bush together. And they meet up with this Aboriginal dude. Uh, who's played by, I think, a reasonably famous Aboriginal actor. Um, yeah, he does look very familiar. It's it's Kendi. Burnham Burnham. <laughs> That's a sick fucking name. <laughs> if your last name's Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, um, but if a white dude's last name was Burnham. Absolutely good to call him. Don't name that white dude's first name Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Burnham, they met up with Burnham Burnham. <laughs> who is also he was the guy that was on the flow farm and he's wearing like a full suit like yeah, a yeah, full yeah. three piece suit in the bush in the middle of the bush right so he kind of acts as like a tracking slash guide to try and get them to safety far enough off the beaten track that no one will be able to find them again yeah and now the full force of the army the, is chasing the two them down two dudes in the reject the full shop force costumes. of the army being two, two, two fucking extras <laughs> in army costumes um, and like, this is like maybe the last. Oh, Kendi, he wants the power of the full wolf, right? This Aboriginal the big guy. One. So it, the big, that's right, or whatever it's called. I think it's I actually think it's the big the one. The big one. So he gets all. It, it, it's like something random is happening, and you've forgotten he even exists. <laughs> Sorry, I and just looked across and saw the budget of this movie is listed as two million dollars or <laughs> one million dollars. <laughs> I've never seen the Wikipedia article. Like, it was either this or eight the- million or four million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Um, so it, it, it's doing something random with the fucking wolf baby crawling out of the vag slime or whatever, and then it just randomly cuts back. to... I can um, see it in front of my yeah, eyes yeah. right now. It's, you can't it, forget it. It randomly cuts back to Kendi, um, like in full like Aboriginal ceremonial. 
body he's paint. He's painted up like a thylacine. So he's got the white body yeah. paint with the red stripes Rem- across his front. Reminiscent of like Aboriginal ceremonial body paint. Yeah, it looks um, like yeah Aboriginal ceremonial body paint this, crossed like, with the Tassie tiger. Aboriginal dance where he's now, just saying like, "Give me the power of the big wolf." We're absolutely. We don't know. Let, let us. Yeah. Let, let us just be clear. Assume it's absolutely not that. Right. And that it's just someone I opening up the '80s version of Wikipedia for three seconds yeah. and looking up like Aboriginal dancing. So he's doing this random ass dance, a ritual of some sort, some sort of ritual um, to be like, "Give me the power of the big wolf. Give me the power." And it's a very involved thing, and it shows it for like a good. Two minutes, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something else happens. Some other scene happens, and this dude gets the power of the big wolf. And then another character is shown on screen doing the same ritual, and it shows you the whole ritual all over yeah, again. Yeah, it's good shit. Bald, small-faced man does it. So what happens, I remember at some point that the two soldiers end up shooting uh, Ken Kendi's skeleton, which is also a wolf that chases him and fights one of the soldiers. So I think what happens is he is trying to hold off the soldiers from finding the other four, and he transforms into the big one as a, like, as a, give me the strength to, yeah, right, a last, a Custer's last stand, and (laughs) um, they end up, he, he, he then comes back as an undead. He comes back as an undead skeleton werewolf, yeah. which makes as much sense as we're saying in when it actually happens in the movie. And he bites one of them. Now, I was telling my partner about this, and I got up to about this point in the story, and she said, "Oh, so it's not genetic; it's contagious." Because <laughs> one of the soldiers then starts like getting the sweats and febrile and shit. And I thought he's transforming, right? No, he just got bitten by a fucking undead werewolf. It's but crazy yeah, shit. I think he's poisoned, right? So maybe they're poisonous. Do you know if Tasmanian tigers have like venomous fangs or something? Anyway, the the point is, it was set up like a vampire bite, where like now you're one of them, or like a werewolf bite. Now you're well, no, he was in the you know he's in the tent all shivering and shit, and like oh that was that guy yeah that was the guy that got bitten by Kendi's skeleton. So I think it was setting it up that it was meant to be like contagious by a bite. And they're at an army camp, which is one tent (laughs) by a fire, and then this dude is like lying in this tent. They shoot his skeleton to death. <laughs> he bites one of them in the process. The, yeah, there's a white guy and a black guy. He bites the white guy. And the white guy's in the tent. Yeah. While the black guy's like standing guard. And that's the <laughs> army Surrounded camp. by their arsenal of weapons, which literally just looks like someone emptied out like a child's play bin of fake weapons. Fuck. He's got two or three RPGs. Yeah, he has two different types of RPGs. He has an actual RPG and a stinger missile. <laughs> right. He's got like three arrows and no bow, a couple grenades, just the most random shit and like the old SMGs that he had yeah. there before and then okay so what happens is Thilo who's a bald small face big head guy <laughs> finds the body of Kendi and he's like Rrr! and then he does the same ritual which is what you were talking about earlier so he does the same like two Again. minute screen time ritual <laughs> and ends up being possessed and he actually unlike Kendi becomes a giant wolf right and then he hunts down the army dudes and he kills the one that was outside standing guard oh yeah very quietly because inside the tent we just hear a bit of rustling (laughs) and the dude's like bro you out there bro hello he so he has let me he has no idea what is outside of the tent yeah no audial indication of what has (laughs) happened and what does he pick up of all his arsenal 
the Stinger missile, <laughs> a huge over-the-shoulder rocket launcher, <laughs> and, and then he holds it like a, as if you would hold at a, a pistol at like a door, pointing the gun at the door to come through. <laughs> he's just holding his rocket launcher, pointing it at the tent flap. Here comes my favorite part of the whole movie, without a doubt. <laughs> so what happens is the giant <laughs> oh, wolf, yeah. the giant uh, wolf sticks its head into the tent, and its head is like as big as the tent, right? And like it's, how it's this thing made one. no noise. But it, it like pokes its head in, and this guy just pulls the fucking trigger, <laughs> and he blows himself <laughs> and the giant wolf sky high in this massive fireball. And the rest of the grenades and shit that he was just sleeping next to. Everything just blows up, right? There's a huge and in reality on the screen depicted is a massive like a explosion, huge, like, petrol clearly explosion like a or huge fucking massive fireball. And then immediately following that, after the explosion has started to die down. <laughs> a large red firework. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly yeah. a firework. Not part of the original explosion. Maybe meant to go off at the same time. Yeah, but it was clearly supposed to just add a bit of oomph to this yeah, explosion. Yeah. <laughs> and like the but VFX just... failed and they're like, well, we didn't get two fucking goes at that. <laughs> <laughs> so my favourite bit of the whole but movie. It's like, it's like a colourful, glittery firework. Yeah. Like you'd watch go up over a lake at New Year's. Right. Just like happening in the middle of this fireball. It's clearly a firework. Excellent so. shit. I think that marks the end of the pursuit of these four people who are trying to escape because they sort of give up after that point. The ballerina talks to the scientist anthropologist who she's never spoken to and says, right. I love you. I don't love that guy. Yep. I love you. It's all good. Cool. We're cool to pair off. Right. Um, American uh, casting agent and Jaboa like, well, this has been absolutely fucked, but I still don't care that you have a whale. You're a whale. <laughs> yeah, you're a right. crazy must be a whale. The worst badge. period of my entire life. But uh, yes. I'm going to raise this kid. I'm going to do the right thing. Yep. Raise him right. And so they go into the middle of the fucking woods where they build, like, a very suburban-looking log yep, cabin. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and uh, out of whatever. Filled in fucking Werribee, probably. Yeah, and, like, they do have to go back into town and shit because they've got, like, proper <laughs> flower pots and stuff. I don't think they thought that far ahead. Right. Anyway. They just needed a house. Yes. So. And then there's like a, we built this city on rock It's like such an 80s montage. Like montage of like raising this werewolf kid. So there's two, we've missed a stage of seeing the werewolf child. We've missed a stage of seeing the werewolf child grow up, which is the insane infant stage where this thing has a wolf. It's like a, imagine like a baby born doll, but it has a half wolf snout. (laughs) That's right. And it's covered in the golden silvery pube hair that is also on Jaboa's stomach. And it's got like these bright blue human eyes and it sort of like moves its mouth and cries like, (laughs) "Ah!" and the the dad is horrifying. And the dad is just like, a miracle. You're like, (laughs) kill that fucking thing. (laughs) It's so weird. So oh, we man. see that kid grow up into a normal human kid with blonde hair. Inexplicably, it grows from <laughs> like an a wolf-like embryo to a half-wolf, half-human infant so like to a fully human infant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then we see them raising those kids, and we find out that Olga is also pregnant. And then we jump forward in time again, almost as fast as we've just talked about it, to where Olga's kid has grown up and an adult, and it's just like Harry raising his daughter with Olga in the background. Right, and then the Amer- Jaboa and the American dude have moved to the United yeah, States. Yeah, they're like, we want our life back. And they're like a, like a husband and wife uh, secret, change their identities, secret directing yeah, team. he put a Groucho where- Marx mustache on. And Jaboa is doing this like Stevie Nicks thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, shit! And then we forgot the fact that so Jaboa is inexplicably this famous movie star. Yeah. And then there is a 
Oscars ceremony. This yeah, is yeah no, this, this happens minutes. right after this scene. Right. So basically, Jaboa and Donnie leave, and they're like, "We want our old lives back." And so they run. They they decide to go back to society. There's this heartfelt farewell scene, and then the anthropologist dude's friend gets. That it's fifteen. We skip fifteen years later again, again. <laughs> and the anthropologist dude's friend rocks up, and he's like, "Everything's fine now. It's all good. You can come back into the city. They don't want to hunt werewolves to death anymore." Uh, the <laughs> president and the, the pope realized it was wrong. Literally, like the pope issued a Vatican order saying that werewolves are cool now. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, great!" And so they move back into like the nicest fucking house you have ever seen, <laughs> and yeah, then they're watching TV, and uh, the. Well, the anthropologist was teaching a class and this guy rocks up in the class and he's like, oh, I'm the son of Jaboa and Donnie. Watch the television tonight. And they see the television and they're like, oh, we'd heard some rumors that these people went off and did famous actors and Donnie uh, became famous movie people and Donnie said that that's what he wanted to do. And so they're watching, yeah, the Oscars ceremony and there's like the worst looking Oscars ceremony Ever, it's filmed in front of like one of those a glittery red curtain silver curtains, up against a random wall in <laughs> one someone's like house. No audience shots, and uh, Dame Edna Everidge <laughs> hosts like this the Oscar. Real Dame Edna Everidge, actually, is in this Barry movie. Humphreys hosts this Oscar ceremony. But it's like a oh, now I presented the award for best actress ever. Yeah, uh, in the annual best actress ever awards yeah, to the, the award for recognizing trans people's rights, Jane Doe. Right, and then it, and then he he goes like. And then it it's it's playing like a oh, montage, and Jane Doe is the most famous actress in the world, and it's exactly the same as Jaboa. And yeah. he goes like, oh, Jaboa was, it, it would be like Jaboa is Jennifer it's Aniston like he this acts whole surprised time. Surprised when he was trying to, when he was told by their son to watch the television. Oh man, the acting in this movie is so terrible. And then it sort of peters out, right? The movie just kind of peters out and there's nothing really that happens. Well, yeah, I think what happens is like she transforms in the Oscars ceremony and like... Oh, that's right. They're watching it and they're like, oh, no. But they do that for like 30 seconds. <laughs> they're like, where they're like, oh, oh. And she's, she keeps transforming more and more. And then Dame Edna is like, oh, what the fuck? And I think then it ends. Oh, yeah. Right before the end of the movie, we see the... Th- the three nun wolves <laughs> sitting in a cave watching a television of the Oscars broadcast and they're pissing themselves laughing at Jaboa's transformation and murderous rampage on yeah, the Yeah, like Rocky Horror Picture Show style. Yeah. And then the last shot that we see is of an actual Tasmanian tiger. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he just comes back to like a... And then he has a stock photo of a Tasmanian tiger again. Right. It's a, it, no, it's that famous last footage, like last remaining footage think of a Tasmanian tiger. To think about. Yeah, it's literally like think about that, and then it cuts. <laughs> and you just watch the most lun- there's those ludicrous, insane, fucking fever dream just of a movie. Just the craziest fucking movie. I don't know well. It's I don't know how well it's going to translate without a little synopsis that we've gone through there. Oh. But like, Jesus Christ, it's so confusing. It's all kind of. Linear, but not really. And then the pacing like, of the movie is so—it's the uh, one of the hardest things about it to follow. The first yeah. two, yeah, the first two acts are like twenty-four hours, and then Act Three is like forty years. You just have to let go completely of any semblance of like trying to follow what's happened. Yeah, and it'll randomly skip twenty-minute intervals, or it'll randomly skip three-week intervals. Yeah, or and it'll, it'll like, just change locations, and you'll be like. Yeah. Why are we here now? It'll randomly change the relationship the characters have without really <laughs> explaining why. Yeah, um, maybe the character has like a line or two of direct exposition. <laughs> yeah, A plus for me. 
Oh my god! This was literally this is like a so bad it's good kind of oh, movie. Oh yeah, but like yeah, it look it looks like it was made by students that were given a million dollars. Yeah, anytime that we see anyone actually in werewolf form, their POV is like um, super fisheye lens, like <laughs> colored discolored. It's so so cliched. This is like a great s- time. This is like an this is not this isn't a B grade movie. This is like an F grade movie. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched Meyerowitz stories? No. Okay. Next week we're going to do Meyerowitz stories and also talk some Terminator stuff. There's a short film that gets made by a character in the Meyerowitz stories, which I alluded to when we were talking about this after the movie, which is called Pagina Man, <laughs> and it's a story of. <laughs> A person who has both a penis and a vagina, that meaning rocks. they can fuck at any time. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm familiar with the vagina. Right. But the you'll see what I mean when you watch the movie, that it felt very similar. So, if you've seen <laughs> the Meyerowitz stories and you watch, just when it gets to Pagina Man, that's what it feels like to watch The Howling. Yeah. It's a bizarre feeling. It, it's, yeah, it's insane. Uh, it left me thinking like... Just being baffled by the fact that people devoted the time and energy to creating this thing and having it on screen and that someone had thought fit to show it to me. I enjoyed yeah, this it. Was, this was restored. This, this yeah. is a remastered like, print of the movie or whatever that was restored by the Film and Sound Archive that government taxpayer dollars were funded into like... Uh, like restoring this movie, I'd fund this above road infrastructure for sure. <laughs> if I had, if I could, like do a little slider on where my tax dollars went, it would be a large More portion to going to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you bought a box set of these movies that didn't even include this one, which makes me think this is no. It does public- include this one. Oh, does it? Yeah, this is it. It has Howling three, four, five, and six. Hell yeah! So hell, stay yeah. tuned for that. Fuck, those movies have all got to be. I feel like this garbage. must be the peak of the series because it was the first self-ironic, like self-aware ironic entry. I don't. I, I'm not convinced it was self-aware. I, I reckon man. it has to I be, think, but I'm giving it a lot of credit. I think that this was a movie made by people who had never seen a movie before. <laughs> you could very well be it right. It feels like that. Yeah, it, it feels like film student stuff. It feels like half the lines were improvised. On camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These people hadn't seen a movie. <laughs> or, like, maybe they'd been told about movies. Yeah. The double-layer narrative of the movie within the movie feels the same quality as the movie itself, even though it's supposed to be worse. Ludicrous. It's so good. Absolutely anyway, ludicrous. Um, that's enough, I think, for our Halloween... Yeah, holy shit! Spookfuckula. We've been going real long. Um, I've been, I've been, if you want to watch some fun... 80s silly movies then the last time we did this we did The Fly and The Thing oh yeah that's spectacular. right we didn't Two. really like The Fly but th- I would watch okay in that order watch The Thing then Razorback then yeah I enjoyed Howling 3 more than I enjoyed The Fly right that's my better than worse there's like a whole canon of those like wacky ass 80s horror movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, right. for example. Halloween. Um, Halloween. Yeah, a friend of mine um, actually like texted me asking for horror movie recommendations um, while we were in this movie. Right. <laughs> um, 
they were like, what's a horror movie that I can watch that's not like a satanic, demonic one? Right. And um, once you take that restriction out, which I think is kind of fair, because a lot of those are kind of naff. Sure. You, yeah, you end up with a lot of these, we- in the 80s, a lot of these weird ones, like The Thing and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Almost all that. Almost like sci-fi, but it, not quite. Yeah, like monster movie type ones. Mm. And I think those are like the real cream of the crop. And I think that, <laughs> I, I think that if you want to go watch a fun 80s horror movie that has a bit of that wacky nature to it, but is still actually good, you can watch The Thing. You can watch Razorback. Razorback is just so Australian. That's what really differentiates it from all of the rest of those ones. Yeah. Those are all so American. Yeah. Razorback is so Australian. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you, you watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently, Halloween's not as good, mm. according to my one source. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about the howling. I think if you're, dr- I think <laughs> yeah. if you've got a group of people at a party and you're all drunk or high or something, we we watched it in a group of four mates and, and we all had a few drinks and it was a good time. Yeah, I think that this is fun in the same way as watching Grown Ups Two is fun. Dumb shit. Yeah. Good dumb shit. You just, I feel like you don't get movies that are this bad anymore. You sort of have to make your own no, fun of movies that are just actually bad. I reckon, but this was like. Yeah, movies don't go so far bad it's good anymore. Yeah, I reckon Netflix is f- probably full of yeah, dumb maybe. movies like yeah, this yeah, that yeah. we can have as like a gold mine. Yeah. In the meantime, mm. I think we've well overstayed our welcome. Oh, yeah. I hope this was interesting. I hope this was fun. This was fun um, for us. It's inexplicably this uh, episode has been cut down to only one movie and you're wondering <laughs> <Yeah>. why. <laughs> um, stay tuned for next week. When we either have the second part of this shit, or <laughs> or we'll be doing something just as exciting that's yet to be decided. I'm Oscar. Still Andrew. See you later.